You're listening to Legion of Substitute Podcasters, episode 50, Shooting for the Stars with a Stump Stravaganza. Welcome to episode 50 of Legion Substitute Podcasters. I'm Paul French, and today I am Camera Kid. I was going to be Ball Boy, but I thought that would just lead to far too much tomfoolery. And um, so, shenanigans. <laughs> and shenanigans, hijinks, the whole bit. A plenty. <laughs> so, so no, would ensue, it's true. Exactly. So today I had a, um, it, it was a, a multitasking morning. Or a multitasking afternoon, really. And Jan was out, so it was Ella and I. And so I was managing to uh, to work out how to do some stuff with this new camera we got last week. Mm. And and watch the beginning of the football game and get the kid to sleep. It was it was I tell you, it was it was quite something to, to be able and to get course, all those things done at the same time. And of course get yourself to sleep too. Yes, well, that's that that's not so difficult on a on a Sunday <laughs> afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, I am Darren Noel, and I am Noah. I'm I'm doing like Kono. I'm Noah because today, <laughs> for the seventh day in a row, it has rained in Atlanta. Oh, we've been getting mm. anywhere from two to four to five inches a day here. Not in a good way either. I was just gonna say. <laughs> usually, you wouldn't complain. Well, I guess you might. Uh, well, I would, but yeah. <laughs> First person who mentions the drought to me is going to get bitch slapped to next year, though. That's mm. for sure. <laughs> okay, then I'll shut up. Uh, yeah. I'm Matt Kramer, and today I am vacation lad because I just got back from a little three-day vacation with uh, my wife, my mom, my grandma, and my in-laws. So, is that really a vacation then? Oh, <laughs> well, <laughs> I was out of the house for a while. <laughs> you have really low standards for a vacation, my friend. Oh. Where'd you go, man? Uh, we went to uh, Wisconsin Dells. It's like, it's uh, how to describe it. It is it's a little tourist trap in central Wisconsin. Okay. All right. It's like, like Vegas, only tackier. Wow. wow. <laughs> that is a high bar. <laughs> wow. Yeah, takes work. <laughs> and I am Scott Coles, and tonight I am Constructo Kid. I just finished building a deck. Well, we're not finished, but uh, I was building a deck all afternoon. Awesome. So you're done with For your my part. buddy Mike. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. My buddy Mike, whom I borrow most of the uh, Legion stuff off of. <laughs> Who can't, I I I uh, actually I bought the um, the two showcase the showcase three and four two and three yeah and I brought them over and I said here's your birthday present now I need to borrow two back <laughs> <laughs> and don't wreck three because I'm gonna need that later <laughs> yeah, don't spoil nothing <laughs> yeah you'll need it in about two weeks so yeah. if he happens to yeah. listen to this I don't know if he will but he. Says he's gonna. He keeps saying he's gonna check out the uh, podcast. So, cool. if he hears it, happy birthday, Mike! Awesome. Yes, hey, happy Mike. birthday, Mike! Mike, happy birthday! Oh, and happy birthday to Logan tomorrow oh, or Monday. Right. So today Logan has a birthday. 
Yep. Isn't he like I 150 mean, or something? Maybe he'll go buy that new Wolverine <laughs> video we keep seeing advertised everywhere. <laughs> yes, there is there is there is no shortage of uh, of Wolverine advertisements over at the forum. But uh, a happy birthday to to Logan from Regina, which rhymes with bunt. Anyway, <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> oh man! So I was looking around for some some news stuff, and um, you know, not not a whole lot this week after the whole. Uh, you know, last week was the big news uh, news extravaganza over at uh, yeah. over at DC. Um, but uh, over on the Legion Abstract, uh, Matthew's got a, a story on uh, the Omen and Prophet uh, arc that uh, is what came after a little while after uh, issue three hundred of the hmm. Legion of Superheroes series. Um, so it was three three hundred and seven to three hundred ten. Um, most noted, and and he he points this out actually is that. One of the most notable parts of this was that's when uh, Giffen's artwork started to change. Um, oh. It was when he st- and and actually he has a great example here of how it kind of drifted towards the style of uh, Jose Munoz from Argentina, mm. and uh, and I think that's a, actually a really good um, a good comparison. And uh, I don't know if that's actually who he was influenced by, but it is certainly where he started getting into that that sort of um, what would evolve Lumpy? into that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It would evolve into that that sort of uh what's what's the word for it? the chiaroscuro, you know when you do have a lot of yeah. heavy black and that kind of thing. And uh, so it would sort of evolve into that style. But this is where we sort of first started to see his work get a, get a little bit cartoonier, a little more stylized than what he'd been doing before. And uh anyway, so he gets into into depth on the story and it's it's a it's a great analysis of it and definitely worth checking out. And that's at legionabstract.blogspot.com. And um, <clears throat> looking over at the uh, um, at the Legionomicon, and uh, he just basically does like a roundup of, of various reviews on um, Adventure Comics Two and uh, some of the discussions there. So so that's that's some fun to check about. Um, also some looks at uh, at the whole the whole Levitt situation, <clears throat> and of course trivia. Always gotta love trivia, and we're gonna get to some trivia here in a little bit. That's so sure. I hear. Yes, <laughs> answering those questions. Exactly. A stump stravaganza. <laughs> uh, and uh, I think I don't know if you've you've read this at all, but the uh, solicits for the adventure comics. I forget which issue number it is, but the issue in December does not have a Legion backup in it. <gasps> But really? it it could be because they're trying to wrap up Jeff John's story. Yeah, it's all trying to wrap up the uh, Jeff John Superboy thing. Yeah, and it and because it's a two yeah. part. Um, that that's that's the second part of the two part uh, Blackest Night uh, right. crossover part. And um, yeah, it uh, that was it was pretty cool cover. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> And uh, there was some speculation going around last week about who that that particular Black Lantern on the cover was. And um, some people thought Jimmy Olsen. They're wrong. Um. (laughs) Well, I ain't Superboy. Connell is a Legionnaire, so there is a Legion tie. It's pretty heavy, so. Hey, hey, it's it's all there. And uh, and anyway, I think that we're going to be – clearly we're going to be getting back to that afterward – yeah, you know, like you say, they they're gonna ra- kind of wrap up what uh, what Johns has going on, and then and then move. Consider it spotlight on Superboy episode. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, 
Yeah, actually, a lot of the a lot of the Blackest Night uh, solicits for December look look pretty exciting. So, uh huh. You know, it's oh, it, yeah. it's so, just you know, I mean, I that was that was sort of top Blackest of my Night. top of my stack this week. And uh, really the Wonder it. Woman looks awesome. Yeah, Ru- uh, Greg Rocco yeah. with Nicholas Scott art. Oh, it's yeah. awesome! Yeah, that's that's gonna be, that's gonna be a good little series. I want to know when they're gonna start billing Mara as Aquawoman. <laughs> and, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> she doesn't. She's like Mara. <laughs> yeah, if, if you I call know. her Aquawoman, she'll quickly correct you. Yeah. Who? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, oh, how, right. but how how cool it's got is poked it? by a little trident in the posterior there. Ow! Hey now, <laughs> how you know how when when's the last time you thought that people would would actually be excited to see Mira show up in a comic book? I mean, never. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I was um, going to say about 1982. Maybe. <laughs> That's maybe. a good point. Yeah. When she, when she showed up in Justice League right before Crisis. Yeah. 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 Based, that's about it. <laughs> wow. We're, we're, well, I was going to say we're old, but Matt isn't, so never mind. Um, no, he's old, too. He's just not as old as we are. Yeah. <laughs> it's all a matter of perspective. Mm-hmm. All righty. So, um, so let's uh, – I don't think we're ready to get to, to any trivia yet because, you know, Darren's got to drink a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> because today it will be relentless. Perhaps we'll do that in between issues. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm I'm already marinated, so whenever you're ready, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let, let's at least uh, before we get into into the issue, let's let's talk about why this is a big deal and how really fortunate we are that that we kind of ended up here um, for episode fifty. And um, and first of all, fifty episodes, guys. Seriously, woohoo! Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, um, we've got guys. two more to go, and we'll we'll have beaten the, the well, we've tied the fifty-two mark. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's I, I was saying that to Jan yesterday in the car. I said, "Yeah, we're uh, we're two weeks off uh, off a full year," and she's just like, "Why is it I feel like you started this in the spring?" And I said, "I don't know." <laughs> <laughs> there must be some kind of time condensation event that occurs with podcasting because I agree with her completely. It's seriously, hmm. seriously. And, well, uh, me too, yeah. but it's uh. Little less <laughs> but that's because you started in the spring. <laughs> yeah. See, I, I know when this started because uh, the first episode that, you, that we recorded, I c- couldn't make because we were on the vacation that I just took and we had it about two, two weeks earlier this year. So <laughs> that's, that's how I knew we were coming up on that. It's like it's Dell's time. It must be a year. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> So, uh, so we're we're we we are headed into a huge era uh, for the Legion here. This is this is a big era of invention, um, and and this this was really sort of the the thing that that, that helped to put them on the map uh, for a lot of people, and uh, and a big part of that is Mister Jim Shooter, a name that may be familiar to some. Actually, should be pretty much familiar to everybody in some way or, or another. If if you've uh, if you've been a comics fan in the last twenty years, he, he's someone that that you may have uh, you may have seen somewhere or or other, uh, either referred to, sometimes not so charitably, other times more so. Uh, but uh, but Jim Shooter was born in uh, nineteen fifty one, September twenty seventh, nineteen fifty one. So he has a birthday coming up as well. Happy birthday, Jim! And he was so he was born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and um, of course, um, 
perhaps best known for his uh, his run as the ninth editor in chief at Marvel Comics. Um, and this is that's where much of his fame and infamy comes from. <laughs> It's a double-edged sword, isn't it? It, it, it truly is. And he, but uh, but basically, Shooter got his start uh, early on. And you might be thinking to yourself, "Wait a second, how could this be?" He was if he was working on the Legion in 1965, and he was only born in '51. He was only 14 years old. How can this be? <laughs> well, it basically, and, and you know, this this started off with him uh, basically pitching stories and. Um, and and uh, and so he managed to to make his way into uh, you know you you kind of wonder if this ended up being one of those situations of a you know I could do this better and it was fine do it <laughs> but I, th- I think basically it was that, that he was creating um, and and the way that he scripted uh, was not to just not to do a standard script but he would basically do pencil breakdowns as well and uh, and he would he would do a lot of layouts for the for the books. And uh, because he basically didn't know that there was any other way to do it. He just figured the way that you write a comic book is is you you draw it and uh, the whole thing goes in together. And uh, and so that that whole uh, sense of storytelling and, and it's an interesting thing because that really does kind of follow along to that Marvel method in, in a way. Um, where he would sort of start out with the uh, with 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 the breakdowns and then and then get into uh, into the story beyond that. But uh, yeah, so at the age of fourteen, he started selling stories to DC Comics, and this was uh, an adventure comic starting in three forty six, which was actually July nineteen sixty six, just a little bit before his fifteenth birthday. Um. And you gotta wonder, like an old an old hand like uh, like Edmund Hamilton. <laughs> And it's like, yeah, I'm writing the Legion, and the next, the guy who's taken over for me is 14 years old. Um, ah, yes. he's writing the child labor board. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's like, wait a second, that kid's steal that kid's stealing my job. Um, hmm. But uh, anyway, so so basically, he start and he starts off with a bang, right? Um, we you oh, look yeah. at. You look at the cover here, and we've got uh, we've got four new potential legionnaires, and of course we've done we've done the eye for an eye story, so we know how this is going to end up for for a couple of these guys, right? But, but all right, of them, <laughs> right? Right off the top, so so and for those who thought that with 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 shooter coming on board, there goes the drinking game. What is the oh, first no. thing that it says on the cover? <laughs> One of us is a traitor. Okay, hang on. Uh-huh. Exactly. Hmm. Um, so they introduce four new legionnaires right off the bat, and that's Karate Kid, Princess Projectra, Feral Iron Lad. <laughs> yes, yes. <Sorry>. I... <laughs> Feral Lad and Nemesis Kid. And he says, check this fantastic foursome. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm leaving it alone. I'm leaving it alone. But that's hmm. what he says on the cover. He didn't uh. say fabulous. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, at least he didn't call them incredible. See, you went there. (laughs) (laughs) I I hope that, that he's too busy basking in the early plug that I gave to. All right. (laughs) So, so anyway, um, what happened is he, uh, he ended his run in adventure comics 
And uh, then he retired from the comic book industry. I kind of love that, you know. Retired uh, at <laughs> the ripe old age of 18. Oh. Mm. <laughs> I'm so done with the it rat race. crap. <laughs> Time to move on. Um, it says here, he retired from the comic book industry and concurrently graduated from uh, from high school. And this is, of course, when, when the Legion ended up moving on into, uh, into action comics. Um, and uh, he actually took a, uh, a, a you know a, a later run uh, writing them in Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes, and then left the title and left DC. Um, and that's when he went over to Marvel, and he became the uh, um, the editor in chief. And uh, this was a whole bunch of uh, changes. You know, you had Roy Thomas had 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 quit being uh, the editor-in-chief to focus on writing. And then you had Jerry Conway, Len Wein, Marv Wolfman, Archie Goodwin. Like, talk about a who's who yeah. of, of comic writers and editors, right? And um, so, uh, anyway, so he took the the job in, in a short, in a, you know, these guys in a short span of time took the job, but really just it was, uh, you know, kind of like herding cats, I think. And... Um, so as Marvel continued to grow and they were adding a lot of new new titles and had a larger staff, um, Shooter joined in as an assistant editor and writer. And um, the big one he's, he, that he's remembered for is is the Korvac saga in, in Avengers. Um, anyway, lots of turnover at the top. He found himself rising in the ranks. And in 1978, he succeeded Archie Goodwin and became the ninth uh, editor-in-chief at Marvel. And of course, this was around the same time that Stan moved over to uh, to Los Angeles to oversee uh, the animation and uh, and TV and film projects. You know, so this would you know like we're talking around, you know, I can't remember when Spider Man and His Amazing Friends came out. Um, eighty two, eighty one. Was it that? Was it that late? Okay. Yeah, yeah no, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, you know, they they were they they had stuff in the works, and um, and you know, none of these things happen quickly. Um, yeah, I guess 78, that would have been around the time of the Nicholas Hammond Spider-Man TV series. Oh, and, yeah. and of course, well, and of Matt's course, birth. Yeah, yes, yes, there you go. Hey, I was born in 78. <laughs> I know. Child. And of someone, course, someone shoot him. There shoot. was also the Hulk. Um, you know, there was the Hulk awesome. series with, with Lou Ferrigno and Bill Bixby. Um, yes, yes, please. I, it was on right after Dukes of Hazard too. Yes, oh, right. oh, man. Um, those are my Friday nights. It's <laughs> too funny. Still, um, yeah, still there are Friday nights. God, yeah. uh, I need a drink. Hang on. So, so he went off to work on that stuff, which meant that there was no one else left to sort of have to run ideas by, right? So this this basically left uh, left Shooter in the driver's seat as far as creative decision making went. Um. So a lot of people complained that he had he was a bit of a dictator in the bull in the bullpen, but uh, there were a lot of sort of what they call procedural ills um, at Marvel going on at the time, and just a lot of missed deadlines and and all that kind of stuff. And so he really took care of a lot of that stuff and just basically said, you know, hey, you know, get your book done or or you're off, and um, maybe not the worst thing to to uh, to have done. I don't know. Anyway, so Marvel enjoyed some huge successes during his nine-year tenure as editor-in-chief. First of all, you know, you got to remember, like, this is a thing where all these guys in, in like, the space of a couple of years, um, you know, quit this job. And this guy held on to it for nine years. 
Um, so some of the big successes were, of course, uh, Claremont and Burns' run on The Uncanny X-Men, Frank Miller's run on Daredevil. Also, uh, while, uh, while Shooter was in charge was uh, when we had the Walt Simonson Thor. Um, and then in 1981, of course, we had the beginning of the direct market, and uh, Marvel was brought into this uh, lucrative market with Dazzler number one. <laughs> yes. I just bought that one at the con. Did you really? Awesome. That's awesome. Uh, with, is, that's Fun with the book. photo cover, that's so right? Cute. That's That's precious, Scott. That really is. Mm. <laughs> So, of course, featuring a disco-themed heroine with ties to the X-Men. And uh, th- this was actually based on, a, on an unproduced motion picture that was supposed to star Bo Derek. Uh-huh. Um, the first issue <laughs> of the God. series was sold only through specialty stores, so it bypassed the, uh, the, the whole newsstand route, which was unusual at the time, but starting to become more common. You know, let's, let's remember when... Uh, uh, the Baxter run started for for Legion was a little bit later uh, than that, so uh, yeah. so th- th- you know it was th- this direct only thing was a, was a kind of a scary thing. Uh, for Paul, when did Dazzler one come out? Nineteen eighty one. Okay, says. so let's remember this: when a trend dies in pop culture, that's when a comic book will be made of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so true, so true. Yes, just in time for disco. Oh wait, oh wait. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> hmm. So, um, anyway, but as it turned out, uh, subsequent issues of Dazzler would, would end up going, uh, through the newsstands. And I do remember like they had, a, they had a few titles that went and, uh, cause at the time I was, I was reading Micronauts and that went direct only. And, um, and, and where I lived there, there wasn't a direct only shop. So that meant that I was done collecting Micronauts. Um, <clears throat> and so, um, at any rate, at, around this time, uh, they also had the... the Oh, so uh, Dazzler was the first direct sales only ongoing series from a major publisher. Other Marvel titles such as Marvel, Fanfare, and uh, Kazar. Kazar? Kazar? How, who, how do we say that? Anyone? I, I've always pronounced it Kazar. Kazar, that makes sense. Um, soon follow. I like Kazar. Kazar. How about Tarzan and be done with it? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Snap. Um, you're, you're just on fire today. Catty. <laughs> um, and actually, uh, he wa- the New York chapter of the JCs um, recognized Shooter as one of six New Yorkers of the year hmm. uh, for his contributions toward revitalizing the comics industry and helping Marvel Comics achieve a new pinnacle of success. He also, and this is a big deal, institutionalized creator royalties. And this is when they started the Epic imprint, imprint which was mainly for creator-owned material in 1982. Oh, oh. He also, Epic is so awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, he also introduced company-wide crossover story arcs. A little of the good, a little of the uh, Thank you. With, with <laughs> Contest of Champions and Secret Wars, of course. And mm. launched a new but ultimately unsuccessful line named the New Universe to commemorate uh, Marvel's 25th anniversary in 1986. Which was also awesome. Mm. I, yeah, I never read any of that stuff. I, w- I wasn't reading comics at the time, but uh, <sighs> yeah. I've, I've heard some good things about some of those titles. Yeah, I, I read, uh, was it Starbrand? Star That's Brand the one awesome. I've heard really great things about, yeah. So, um... <laughs> Kick anyway. your zinc. <laughs> Um, of, of course, he had um, 
the 200th issue of the Avengers, which was controversial when this, this included a story in which Ms. Marvel was kidnapped, brainwashed, seduced, and impregnated. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah. It's like an episode of Next Generation with Counselor Troy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Carol Strickland, uh, a feminist and comic book historian, criticized the storyline in an essay entitled The Rape of Miss Marvel. Um, and uh, Chris Claremont also commented on the inappropriateness of the storyline. And, and, and then he actually effectively undid the story in Avengers Annual Number 10. Um, anyway, contrary to these accusations of bias, uh, Shooter also re- wrote a story in which uh, the male character Thor was similarly sexually coerced by the female telepath Moondragon. <laughs> so there you go. So these are, that's some of the criticism he saw as a, uh, as a writer. Um, also just, a nasty, incredible Hulk story, too. But Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's some stuff that, uh, yeah. Um, that you know, the, he's he's certainly courted uh, controversy with 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 a lot of the stuff that he's written, um, and and you know we're not going to see so much of that in these early stories, that's for sure. But, no. Um, anyway, despite his success in revitalizing Marvel, he angered and alienated a number of longtime Marvel creators, um, but and this was mainly because he insisted on strong editorial control and strict adherence to deadlines. Uh, he instituted an art return program. Um, and implemented a policy which gave creators royalties when their books passed certain sales benchmarks or when the characters that they worked on were licensed of toy as toys. That's that's another big deal. I mean, that's yeah. uh, you know a pretty important thing. Yeah, I love um, those Secret War figures, Secret Secret Wars figures when I was a kid because I was in I was in the demographic that those were aimed at, and I yeah. loved them. I wasn't, but I loved them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Oh, that, um, that black-suited Spider-Man. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what happened is is basically this ended up leading to a whole bunch of um, of creators <laughs> leaving Marvel and and going off to work for DC or for other companies. Yay! And and and, and you know what? <laughs> the, this is the you know the, you'll you'll see what a big deal this is as I read off a list of names. Steve Gerber. Roy Thomas, who would of course head over to uh, to DC and uh, and basically do what was a dream job for him, which was uh, take over Earth, Earth Two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, and and to be basically in charge of sort of that that heritage of the, of the <laughs> was he the Superboy Prime of Earth Two? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, you know, but, but he would, of course, go to go on to write uh, things like uh, All Star Squadron and Infinity Inc. Um, and actually uh, loved All Star Squadron. Oh yeah, loved I loved Infinity Inc. <laughs> oh, much too. loved. I, I I love both of them, um, <laughs> equally. Wait, I don't know. Um, I actually picked. Uh, I think I mentioned last week that I picked up a bunch of uh, All Star Squadron issues, including the one with the Starman origin. Oh, that's mm-hmm. awesome! It, it's really good. Um, <laughs> no bias. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know which buttons to press. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yes. Yeah, so we had Steve Gerber, Roy Thomas, Marv Wolfman, George Perez. Yeah, that what was would have happened if, had they never come over to DC. Can you know? I I, I wonder that often. I, you know, I think you know. Could, would we have ended up just with a, like um, a Wolfman and Perez Avengers, and and would it have been as groundbreaking as their new Teen Titans was? All I know is that's a nice what if issue for Marvel to consider. There you go. Well, yeah. What if what if we hadn't screwed up and lost these two? Um, uh-huh. 
also Gene Colan. And, uh, yeah. and, and so that was, you know, he'd been doing things like, uh, uh the, um, tomb of Dracula and he went over and, uh, he did a, a, a run on Batman that I absolutely loved. Yeah. And, um, and he would go on to do some other series as well. Like, didn't he do gem son of Saturn? Mm-hmm. Yep. And yeah. Then, yeah. Nathaniel Dusk. So. Nathaniel Dusk was the other one. Oh God, that stuff was fantastic. Um, and of course, John Byrne, who I think he did like, Superman or something like that. I think and, he screwed uh, up the Legion is what he did. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Just to bring it back to the Legion for half a second. Half a second. <laughs> exactly. Um, and uh, Dave Cockrum, speaking of Legion uh, Legion artists, uh, Doug Munch. And uh, anyway, so a lot of these guys ended up going to work for, for various companies. Um, he also failed to attract much in the way of new talent from the UK. And this was, of course, at the time that... Um, the DC was really uh, knocking down the doors in uh, in in the UK to to bring in guys like Alan Moore, Neil Gaiman, uh, Brian Bolland, all these guys. Um, and then uh, he also had uh, he he had opposed dropping the comics code, which basically sort of cast them as a conservative force in a rapidly changing comics industry. So in 1987, he got the boot, and. Um, he spearheaded an effort to try and, and purchase Marvel from its corporate ownership at the time, uh, but lost out to uh, to Ronald Perlman's slightly higher bid. And, uh, and there's a whole lot on that in the in the book Comic Wars, which gets into sort of all the uh, hmm. all the sort of so, you know you you want to talk about uh, about corporate soap operas. That's uh, the, the yeah. whole the whole Marvel all the story. nasty oh. nasty nasty stuff about the business yeah exactly yeah. so so then he went and uh, he he had he had this group of investors and they, they they had failed at this this marvel bid so they were like well what do we do so they they started a new company called voyager communications and they published comics under the valiant comics banner and this was of course in the in the very in the very early 90s um uh, for some reason, I thought that some of the stuff came out late '80s, but I guess it is all it all. Is there the there was some late '80s stuff, but it was all uh, licensed stuff like Super Mario Brothers and oh, Legend of okay. Zelda. Okay, and so uh, so they basically what they got is is a whole lot of the um, in, in well in in a few cases they had a, a lot of the licenses on the old uh, Gold Key characters, and. Um, Anyway, so he brought in a whole bunch of big name creators from Marvel, including Bob Layton, Barry Windsor Smith, um, as well as some guys like Don Perlin. And uh, and then they sort of they 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 established what they call Knob Row, and this was basically taking. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, I, I, I'm I'm actually surprised Darren didn't touch that one. Um, no, but, uh, so I'm they, not touching anything doing with Mister Shooter. <laughs> So they took in raw talent and basically taught them how to make comics valiant style. Um, and this 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 launched a, a number of careers, and and the biggest one among which was Joe Casada. Yeah. So um, occasionally over the years, Shooter was required to fill in as a penciler on uh, various books that he wrote and or oversaw as an editor, and. Um, <laughs> And so, you know, basically, you know, money and talent often at a premium. And so he was forced to pencil a, t a, a title once in a while. So to conceal, conceal this fact, he drew under the pseudonym of Paul Credick, which is the name of his <laughs> brother-in-law. 
And he said that he only, basically, he only got away with it because of having a great anchor. And so, you know, like, Bob Layton would basically do the finishes on it. And and this is what we'll get into a bit with some of these stories is, you know, he he was kind of doing roughs, and, and then, they, then they were getting filled in from there. Um, and presumably put onto to larger artboards as well. So I don't know <laughs> that they were necessarily doing, uh, you know, uh, light table traces, but uh, at any rate. Um, then after, then basically after that uh, collapsed, uh, he went on to Defiant Comics. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember, was it Warriors of Plasm? Yep, that, that started with the uh, card set. Did they oh, actually yeah. do more than that? I have no That's idea. That's the only thing That's I remember. That's the only thing I ever remember. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> they, they went until Marvel sued them. Well, there you go. go. There you go. Yeah, it's doing comics the valiant way. Yeah. So then, in 1995, he founded Broadway Comics, which was an offshoot of Broadway Video, which was is the uh, production company that produces Saturday Night Live. But then their corporate parent basically sold all of the properties to Golden Books. So so mm. that folded. <laughs> So he went over to Acclaim in 1999, wrote Unity 2000, which was basically an attempt to take the the older and newer Valiant universes and bring them together. Mm. And because uh, he, yeah, he did get the boot from Valiant as well, didn't he? Yep, he did. Okay, so it wasn't that they folded; it was that they they booted him out. Yeah, right after right after Unity, pretty much. There you go. So, so he he went back to the well and uh, and basically tried to combine these two universes. But uh, a claim folded after the completion of only three of the planned six issues. And then he became part owner and creative consultant for the sci-fi firm Phobos Entertainment. Um, but basically, it says here that the website has disappeared since then. Um, and uh, Silver Bowl Comic Books had a uh, an article in 2004, uh, which is no longer available on their website. But uh, Tim Hart had interviewed uh, Shooter, and in the interview, he said that his main occupation is working for a company called TGS Inc., uh, developing and uh, developing entertainment content for an internet site. And hmm. then TGS Incorporated was acquired by by Ascent Media Systems and Technology Services in October 2005. And no longer recognizes TGS Inc. as a separate entity. And so there you go. Um, yeah. Now they've got Wiz Women working for them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, anyway, so of course, we'll recall in September 2007, DC Comics announced that Jim Shooter would be the new writer of the uh, current Legion of Superheroes uh, series beginning with issue number 37 following the departure of Mark Wade. Well, not quite following Mark Wade, but um, it, who had left the series mid-2007 with issue 30. Shooter's return to the Legion a little over um, 30 years from his previous run is his first major public comic, published comic work in years. And, of course, that came to an end with, uh, with issue 49. Luckily, it ended well. <laughs> mm. So here's, um, but he, he, here's, here's something for his... Um, Editorial philosophy. While he was the editor in chief, uh, when he first started back in in uh, eighty, and this goes back to eighty two when he came out with this, he detailed what he considered the necessary qualities for a good comic book story. The characters must be introduced. Okay. Yes. Their situation mm-hmm. must be established. Mm-hmm. The conflict okay. must be ad- by, must be introduced. Suspense must be built. 
a climax must be reached and a resolution must be achieved. He said, when I evaluate a story, should one of the essential elements listed above be missing, say the characters are not introduced properly when they're brought on stage, I immediately, expect, I immediately suspect that the author of the story knoweth not what he is doing. <laughs> Second, I look for how well the story is told. Is the conflict worthwhile? Is the climax exciting? Is the resolution satisfying? Is the plot good? Are there interesting twists and turns? Is there a theme? Is there character development? Is it dramatic? Is it entertaining? This is the really important stuff. It should go without saying that the, the writer or prospective writer should know enough to meet the fundamental requirements of a story. It's the power and passion and drama and characterization that I really look for. So, uh, so there we go. So that's now, of course. Uh, <laughs> Can I go back and read the, the last of Legion of Superheroes with that criteria in my head? <laughs> no. <laughs> ah. The resolution of it, perhaps not so satisfying. Or not so satisfying. Or perhaps unexpected. not existing. <laughs> uh, but, but but that said, uh, clearly um, Jim Shooter has had a, a great deal of influence on, on the business of comics. In fact, he influenced another important uh, Legion creator. That's right. Um, I have the DC Comics Classic Library, uh, Life and Death of Farrowad, and in the introduction by Paul Levitz, he goes over a lot of what Paul just said, but in the very last paragraph, he writes, and in a footnote to comics history, the ensuing letters column, that's the letters column of Adventure Comics, that pointed out the stories were written by a 13-year-old, inspired a 9-year-old boy on a Brooklyn stoop to have his first thoughts of entering the comic book industry, never imagining he would be the one replacing Jim a decade later and would end up as publisher of DC. So. <laughs> Brings it full circle from last week. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I mean, you know, it, it that was a, that was a huge influence on Levitz, and um, yeah, I mean, you you, you really, it, it, it's kind of mind blowing that that you know this was of course the era where we were getting the first sort of round of comic book fans coming into the business, and so you had guys like like Shooter coming in, and that paved the way for guys like Len Wein and uh, Marv Wolfman and uh, and and Levitz and Kupperberg, all these guys coming in, um, you know, and and that's that's a that's a pretty big deal, and um, you know, and uh, and when you when you think about it, is is that. Um, you know, Shooter, uh, when when he started into this, it was basically because he didn't know it was done any differently, and so he was really sort of pushing ahead with uh, with a lot of a lot of ideas and getting those ideas out there. And you know, the, to him, the cool part was creating new stuff, and um, and that that's a big part of it. And um, you know, and basically, you know, he just kept sending this stuff in to Mort Weisinger, and uh, and he said that he basically got a call in February of night. He says February tenth of nineteen sixty six, and said he wanted mm. to buy these two stories that he'd sent, and and wanted him to write a Supergirl story, and uh, and so basically he sold all this stuff that he that he was writing, and uh, and if you if you check out the Legion Companion, they actually give some examples of some of his layout pages. And, um, and, and, you know, as we said earlier, he was, he was basically drawing these on just, you know, standard like notebook paper because he just didn't know that it was done any differently. It was like actual comic book size. And, um, this was before he, he knew about, uh, things like, uh, like the, the enlarged art. So, so with that, let's head into the first story and then Darren should be well, uh, 
lubricated. Yes, for uh, <laughs> this beginning of I the stump. I don't say I'm well lubricated on the internet. That's all I need. My friends listen to this show. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never hear the end of that. Come oh, on. man. So who wants to take That's part That's what I'm one? here for. Oh, I do. <laughs> all right. Go to it, sir. Come on. First Karate Kid story? How could I not? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> all right. So we have Adventure Comics uh, 346, July 66. We have apparently uh, Jim Shooter writing. I, so I hear. And uh, <laughs> did you say Sheldon Moldoff doing the uh, art? Well, it's layouts by Shooter and finished art by Moldoff. So I don't know. So you know it's, it's Moldoff doing the art, let's say. Basically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if if what he was saying about figures? Layton's uh, um, work on, you know, inks on his pencils, that's probably exactly what we ended up with. Yeah. So we have the classic cover of the four Legionnaires, new Legionnaires to join the Legion. One of us is a traitor, of course. So, uh, Of course. <laughs> can you spot the double-crosser who sold out the Legion? <laughs> so on the splash page, we have a splash page of Karate Kid owning Superboy. Yeah. And Lightning Lad says, sizzling satellites. Karate Kid is making a sap out of Superboy. <laughs> uh, here it is again. The mag that gives you the most heroes for your money. Only we're topping ourselves with four new members for the Legion. But wait, the superheroes have a rude awakening coming when the Earth's defenses are sabotaged. And they get a stunning message. One of us is a traitor. Take a drink. Yeah. <laughs> Roll call. We have Chameleon Boy, Cosmic Boy, Light Last, Lightning Lad, Phantom Girl, Shrinking Violet, Superboy, and introducing... Pharaoh Lad, Karate Kid, Nemesis Kid, and Princess Projectra. Now, there's something also about this, about the the, the cover that we're, we're looking at here, is this is what started off his run on the Legion, and Legion of Superheroes number 48 would utilize, a, and this was at the end, toward the end of the uh, the three-boot uh, era, of course, the uh, that issue would use a similar cover. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just kind of a neat bookend to, uh, to his work on the Legion that way. All righty. One day in the 30th century, Cosmic Boy hurries through the streets of Metropolis when, oh no, that construction worker is falling. So Cosmic Boy says, well, that's pretty far away, but I guess I'll have to try and use my magnetic power. And he's straining every fiber of his being. Cosmic Boy (laughs) pours forth his magnetic force, catching the man's tools and belt buckle. Oh, stop. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So he stops him in midair and everyone's like, oh, was that Cosmic Boy? Oh, yeah, we got to get his autograph. Where is he? And it turns out he's ducked into a nearby deserted theater. Mm. uh, (laughs) He's in a phone booth. He's running from the paparazzi, as it were. (laughs) He wishes he had a secret identity like Superboy. (laughs) <laughs> so he runs to the clubhouse and he gets inside and he says, hey, sorry I'm late, guys. I ran into an emergency. And and Superboy uh, emulating Brainiac 5 says, skip the alibis, Cosmic Boy. Take your seat. Let's get this show on the road. And this Here. is probably the most Cosmic Boy we've had in probably about 20 issues. <laughs> it really they, is, yeah. And all they're doing is bitching him out. <laughs> <laughs> well, he wears pale scarlet. It's his own fault. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> Superboy says, in the absence of our leader, Brainiac 5, I've been appointed as deputy to preside at this meeting. So they go through some uh, routine Legion business. And he says, today we interviewed candidates for Legion membership. Since Bouncing Boy lost his powers and Starboy has been expelled, we're shorthanded. Will the four candidates please advance? 
You've all passed your qualifying tests. Now let's see what you can do. Ladies first. <laughs> wow, that's quite the hairdo on uh, Princess Projector there. Oh, yeah. Well, she's a princess. Hello. Oh, yeah, I suppose so. She's bringing it. Wait, you know. wait, come on, wait until we get to to Karate Kid's hairstyle. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's the big faux pas of this issue. Holy! <laughs> I am Princess Projectora of the planet Orando. I'll give you a little demonstration of my power, and we have a big close up on her eye because she's concentrating. They like Projectora's eye for some reason. They always yeah. go to that. I don't know what it she's is. Conce- but... It's it's symbolic. It's, it shows her concentrating her hypnotic illusion power kind of deal. Yeah. She has her eye just like Saturn girl has exactly. her eyebrows. Yeah, there right. you go. Behold! And whoop, everybody looks like they're in uh, <laughs> under the water. Under the sea. <laughs> under <laughs> the sea. And Cosmic Boy looks like he's being molested by an octopus. <laughs> the Frodo Hente there. Show us on the doll where the octopus touched you. <laughs> everywhere. He touched me everywhere. Uh, he's got eight arms. Remind me to tell you a story about my mom and me in Target. That's too priceless not to share. <laughs> okay. Uh, so the Legionnaires are panicking. They think they're under the sea. They're going to drown, and suddenly, boop, and they appear to be in space, narrowly getting missed by a comet. And everybody's wondering why they can still breathe in space, and then, boop, oh, they're back in the clubhouse. Boop, 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 boop. We're back. What in the cosmos? And Projector says, it's simple, Chameleon Boy. I have the power to project illusions. <laughs> and uh, is it Cosmic Boy? Yeah, Cosmic Boy. Says, any gal that can throw the whole Legion into a panic yeah. has my vote. So say we all. And the members on missions voted I <laughs> by remote control. <laughs> so good for her. Yay. Second candidate steps forward. I am Nemesis Kid from Myar. The alchemist's planet. I use my alch- I use my alchemical skill to give myself the power to defeat any opponent. To prove it, I'll challenge an atomic robot. Fewer than a dozen superheroes have ever beaten one. <laughs> <laughs> Just happens to have one with him, you know. He's like, hey, I might need this. Where did he get it? <laughs> the atomic <laughs> robot store. Yeah, exactly. oh, yeah. It's 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 like Target the on Kmart. Liar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> As he approaches, his powers cause mine to react, giving me just the, bi- the abilities I need to lick him. The robot opens hostilities <laughs> by firing a nuclear blast at the youth. This is a snap. I merely change the molecules of the air into a lead wall to shield myself from the rays. The metal gladiator resorts to brute strength. Phantom Girl's worried. She's to save him. The robot smashed the wall. He'll kill Nemesis Kid. Oh, no. But Nemesis Kid says, good old Churl says, uh, save your sympathy for robot brain here. Now that he's close enough, I've transformed my body into neutronium, an element which absorbs all energy. It knocked out his power system. Before you vote, I'd better tell you, my power is limited. I've never tried it on more than one adversary at a time. But they all vote for him anyway. So apparently if they fight more than don't matter. Right. They fight one more than one guy. He gets to stay home and watch the uh, monitor board. <laughs> uh, next up, we have Pharaoh Lad. I am Pharaoh Lad of Earth. I am a mutant with the power to turn my body to iron. Watch. Stupid muties. Oh. Kill them all. Oh, sorry. Wrong, wrong universe. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I makes love Pharaoh Lad. He makes a pose and, and looks exactly the same. 
because I'm reading the showcase. And uh, <laughs> he, he goes from silver to gray. Yeah, ah, I see. Well, transformation completed. Costume and all. In this form, I'm virtually indestructible. Lightning lad, give me a blast of your bolts. Ah. Hey now. Hey now. My strength is almost inconceivable. This is a solid steel bar. Now hit me with a barrage from your ray missile guns. Hit me with your best shot. Fire away. <laughs> and uh, see, one of your deadliest weapons, and it can't pierce my armored skin. And so, hey, you're accepted as a member, Pharaoh lad. Good for you. Now, for the last candidate, identify yourself. Cannon I'm Potter. Karate. <laughs> I'm Karate Kid. I develop my own power. Great skill in all forms of fighting, especially karate and judo. <laughs> That's kind of a weird lumpy hairstyle he's got going it on. Really? <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll later inspire Element Lad. <laughs> you look like you doubt that I can measure up to Legion standards. Well, smashing the steel beam with one blow should prove something. Hacha! And to put the icing on the cake, I challenge Superboy. <gasps> Gasp. Hold on. You haven't the power to fight me. Why, I might accidentally injure you. I won't be robbed of my chance to join. Step down and put up your dukes, tough guy. Okay. <laughs> but remember, you asked for it. Cock you, Superboy. <laughs> Boom, chicka, bow, bow. <laughs> Karate Kid's goading him on. Come on, what's holding you back? And Superboy is uh, worried that he might hurt him. So ka Karate Kid attacks. Looks like the mountain won't come to Mohammed, so whap. And he hmm. chucks him right, in, jacks him right in the chest. And Superboy says, oh, it didn't hurt me, but uh, it didn't hurt him either. Wow. He's very impressed. In a swift move, the Boy of Steel hurls his assailant away, grabs him by the leg and just tosses him, I guess. Figuring to finish him quick. He'll Then he figures he'll jump on him and... While he's th making that thought, oof, popping planets. Who's catching who off guard? What reflexes and strength? Well, Superboy's had enough of this. He says, okay, buddy, now it's my turn. Goes to hit him. Nothing but air. Yeah. Hmm. And then, what? And he gets behind Superboy and flips him over and smashes him into the wall, turning his own strength against him. <laughs> and then he punks him by putting his cape over his head. It's like a hockey Pumped. fight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He jerseys him, punches him into the boards. It's good stuff. Oh, man. And karate Just guys kid. having a little fun. That's all. That's Nothing right. to worry Just, about. Tussling, wrestling. Just a little wrestle. Yep. But they didn't have a bear. Um, <laughs> the karate kid thinks to himself, I'm tiring. I've got to finish him now. And Superboy's. What is he? he doesn't realize I can take all he dishes out with no damage. He's slowing down. One more punch, Karate Kid says, and oof. Oh, Superboy takes him down with a tackle. I think yeah. that's called the spear in the WWE. <laughs> <laughs> now I got you, and he spins him around like in the cartoons. He's woo 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 and drops him on the ground. He's done. Yeah. And Even though Karate is, Kid – sorry? Oh, I was going to say, and this is a good – I don't know how would you say about five or six years before the karate craze of the seventies? Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Even though Karate Kid bit off more than he could chew, anyone who could give me that kind of tussle belongs in the Legion. Amen. And so we have the end of part one. <laughs> part two: Invasion from the Edge of Space. 
When the new members have been sworn in and the debris of battle cleared, <laughs> their clubhouse is all jacked up. <laughs> they got to call in my Holmes on Holmes now. Exactly. <laughs> they don't seem to care, though. Nope. So recently, my new hype, the new hyper telescope at Palmer Observatory That's discovered a mm, Yes. Uh-huh. Shout back. Yeah. Mm. Continuity. Mm hmm. Yeah, they called it the Troy one, you know, back then. And it would have been like, well, who's Troy? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> mm. uh, yeah. So the telescope discovered an unknown galaxy at the very edge of the visible universe. And the uh, apparently the entire galaxy is dominated by one planet. And it looks from their spy satellites and stuff, they see that uh, it's heavily armed and looks like it could be gearing up for conquest into our galaxy. Suddenly, a strange evil face appears on the screen. I guess I should say that they've been watching a video, a film strip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Beep! That the spies Beep. sent back. Yeah. <laughs> Advanced film now. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're taking me back. <laughs> Wait, when, Greetings, when... Legionnaires. <laughs> One of our spies in the, in the UP has inserted this message. In the film strip you are viewing, as you watch this, an ultimatum is being delivered to Earth's government. I am Garlack. <laughs> Garlack. Warlord of Kund. The <laughs> planet you've been discussing. Unless Earth surrenders in one hour, we will attack and destroy the whole planet. Oh, yes. Superboy, we have a good supply of kryptonite weapons. <laughs> yes, <everybody> for you. <laughs> <laughs> and the screen goes blank. Superboy says, that does it. One hour, no time to get help from the other planets in the UP. Those aliens could make good their threat. Except that we have an ace up our sleeve. Three electro towers I recently helped erect secretly and conveniently. (laughs) We figured these invaders might launch a sneak attack, but no weapons can stand up to one of these babies. So, and we get the usual, uh, the classic uh, trope of having everybody split up to defend the towers. You guys go in and say, so Cosmic Boy, you'll head the group to the Alaska Tower. Lightning Lad, you'll lead the guards at the Ceylon base. And Chameleon Boy, your squad goes to Tierra del Fuego. I'll patrol Earth by air. Tierra del Fuego. Yeah. Yeah, I guess guess those have to be vacation spots or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it seems like. Or he just looked at them. A globe and pointed at three different places. <laughs> like, mm. what, a, a, Fear, a, Del Alaska Fago? Tower, really? <laughs> Ceylon, really? Okay. Mm. Like Fernando Poo. <laughs> <laughs> Go look it up. It's on the. It's on the globe. Where Not in the more. world is Carmen San Diego? Exactly. <laughs> you are gay. <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> so nice of Matt to notice that all the episodes. <laughs> Only fifty what, episodes. What? In, Wait a second. What? <laughs> <laughs> You mean Rainbow isn't because of his fascination with different colors? Uh-huh. <laughs> like, oh, thinks I'm wow. Jeff John's lost brother or something. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, meanwhile, in the Cundian flagship, you the Legion that. has been... What? <laughs> Nothing. Cundian? Cundian? The Cundian <laughs> flagship. The Legion has been fooled, Great Garlack. Naturally, those idiots and their planet are doomed. <laughs> they don't realize that we've already done the necessary infiltrating in their own ranks. 
That's the one place they won't be looking for a spy. That's the only place they've had spies, so why wouldn't they look? <laughs> they never do. Yeah, exactly. Soon at the Elastic... Alaskan Electro Tower. Duck Phantom Girl, Karate Kid, they're firing warning shots at us. These guys are jerks. Cool it, buddies. We're legionnaires. We're here to help you defend the base against suspected sabotage. Here are our orders. Come on, Daunt. Yavol. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. The, the Kundians are the Klingons of the DC universe. Oh, though. without a doubt. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, in Ceylon. Without the cool foreheads, of course. Yeah. There's no sign of interlopers at the Ceylon base. And in Tierra del Fuego at the southern tip of South America. No action yet, but we're ready, says Cat Chameleon Boy. So, meanwhile, Superboy's patrolling the skies. Can't let his guard down for an instant. Suddenly, at the Alaska Tower. Baroom! Hmm. Holy Thunderbirds, what's that? <laughs> I'll investigate. You two stay and guard the tower. Wait! And Phantom Girl says, wait, let me go. I'll... I'm in charge here. You stay! Okay. Wow, bossy. <laughs> oh, oh, he finally, hello. <laughs> finally got himself into the comic. He wants to do some shit. Hmm. He's like, I've been on the sidelines way too long. <laughs> right. Just back off. Here, your here. Fancy, your fancy phantom power always hogging the spotlight. <laughs> uh, look, a spacecraft. But this area is off limits to all vessels. I'll alert the Lekmen. And the asterisk tells us that the Lekmen are men who fire the Electro Tower defenses. Ah. Thank you, editor. Ah. Uh, the pilot may have accidentally strayed off course. You should check. I don't need a Legion Tanderfoot to tell me my duty. I'll use my flight ring to head him off. Oof. Head him off the pass. Yeehaw! <laughs> I hate that cliche. <laughs> anyway. That might not be an invasion ship. But why didn't the kid offer to check it out? Well, because you, you told him not to. <laughs> you basically <laughs> called him a jerk for suggesting it. What it she, uh, it, even worse, she called him a tenderfoot. I know. Yeah, what yeah. do you want from him? I mean, geez. That's, that's one of Phantom Girl's quirks where she's always like, oh, no, no new Legionnaire is going to tell me how to be a Legionnaire, okay? So <laughs> yeah. She's always doing that. <laughs> Bipolar girl. <laughs> okay. Well, she's not getting any Ultra Eleven because Ultra Boy's not here. So. Yes. Right, see. Mm. Uh oh, the craft won't stop. I better switch to Phantom form before it hits me. I'll have a look inside. Strange. It seems deserted. Holy cheese! I've been <laughs> mouse trapped. Good <laughs> <laughs> uh, thing I'm intangible. Boom! The console explodes, and the the ship is aflame, as it were. Microseconds later, as Phantom Girl whizzes from the craft, she thinks she's got to get away before the uh, blast explodes and the shockwaves get her. Oh, too late, PG. Baroom. And she gets knocked out and plunges earthward. Well, high above, it's Cosmic Boys flying, flying around in the debris. That high-flying blast was a decoy to lure us away from the tower. But hey, that's Phantom Girl falling. This calls for breaking a few speed records. Hmm. He flies down. Whew, made it. He catches her. And then the debris is going to get him, but thankfully he's got magnetic force shield to repel it. Venom Girl recovers. So it wasn't a, just another decoy, but a death trap too, eh? That's it. And why did Karate Kid want me to investigate it? Mm. Oh, I guess, mm. I guess he did suggest that, yeah. 
Something tells me we better hot foot it back to the tower. But as they approached, the tower going up in smoke. Sabotage. That's why we were lured away. The guards, are they dead? Nope, just knocked out. They're already coming around. And there's Karate Kid. Kid, what happened here? You tell me. I was slugged from behind when the... And the birdies started singing me a lullaby. <laughs> <laughs> Surprised the the knock from the the behind made it through that perm. So mm. <laughs> he's got kind of like, it's kind of like the uh, the Tony Curtis hair from uh, Spartacus. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, slugged from behind, eh? He must be mm. pretty tough to have come through that without a mark. It, the way the picture's drawn, it looks like he has really stinky armpits. <laughs> <laughs> He's like you. dirt him out. <laughs> oh, I love that. Okay. Uh, so they questioned the commandant, Herr Commandant. Do you mean to tell me that your men were KO'd by your own defense gas? That's the size of it. <laughs> the saboteur stole it from our ars- arsenal vault. See, I thought it'd be safe here, but... These are hand marks, and as, as though the thief were super strong, well-versed in points of stress, and had used karate blows. Dun-dun-dun. Hmm. dun Girl is being played by Nancy Drew for this. <laughs> <laughs> A cosmic boy comes to, comes to Cry Kid's defense saying, hey, come on, no way. He, it would take something like Superboy or Mon-El to smash through th- foot-thick steel. And Phantom Girl says, would it? You saw that the kid, what the kid could do to a steel girder back to the clubhouse. <laughs> Jinkies, Cosmic Boy. It's a clue. How do you know he was anywhere near the vault? He sure wasn't when we found him. Okay, we'll settle that by just asking the commandant. Sir, where was the karate kid stationed when uh, the tower went up? Hmm, let me see. Yes, he asked to be put on guard at the vault. He was there when it, when it was robbed. But he was, if he was knocked out there, why was he elsewhere when he recovered? He could have been dragged there, I guess, or thrown there by the blast. Still, it is odd. Hmm. <laughs> and jumps to conclusion and last says, well, that about <laughs> sews it up, wouldn't you say? <laughs> All right, so mark him down as sub- suspect number one, but he's still innocent until proven guilty. Or did you forget that? Oh, oh yeah, you snap. tell her, Cosmic Boy. And she says, we'll get the goods on him, don't worry. Look at him, helping to clear away the rubble while he laughs up his sleeve at us. I don't think he'd laugh up his sleeve with those stinky armpits. Yeah, really. Yeah. Uh, Poor guy. He's, he's helping him clean up and she's giving him hell. Right. <laughs> As Phantom Girl speaks, seven legionnaires stand guard at the other towers while Superboy patrols the planet. None of them aware that the Elastica defense has met disaster. Is Karate Kid a traitor and a saboteur? Or is the culprit someone else? Find out in the next thrilling issue of Adventure. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> it has same to be that time, same bat channel. Totally, and we're we're right in the right time frame for that stuff too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's before we get to the next issue, let's take a a, a brief uh, break from that just to go over some of the uh, the new. We've we've had a whole bunch of new characters introduced. So Darren, mm-hmm. you want to want to lead us on a on a who's who? Well, let's let's go for the who's who file. Let's start with um, Pharaoh Lad. We'll we'll go alphabetical. Why not? Hmm. Pharaoh Lad is Andrew Nolan of Earth. He is a mutant born, and as you heard, he has the ability to um, basically change his skin into a form of movable iron. So he's kind of like Stone Boy, except a lot more useful. <laughs> more like Colossus. Battle. Yeah, kind, yeah. Of, kind of like Colossus. Isn't he pre-Colossus though? Yeah. Well, yes. yes. Colossus wasn't until seven. So Colossus is kind of like him. 
Yeah. So, um, and Feral Lad wears a mask for a couple of reasons. Matt, what was the first reason? Well, uh, I am going to read a little bit out of the uh, Life and Death of Feral Lad because it has an afterword by Jim Shooter. Well, and where his son writes him a letter. His son says, Dear Dad, why does Feral Lad, what does Feral Rat Lad really look like under the mask? Will you be bringing him back for Legion of Superheroes? And he replies, When I created Feral Lad, I was little more than a year older than you. I don't think I had a reason at first for the mask, except that it looked cool and was easy to draw. Then I got the <laughs> idea that there ought to be an African-American character in the Legion. It was the 1960s when the issues of civil rights and racial equality were on everyone's mind. I thought it would be cool if Feral Lad casually took off his mask one day, turned out to be African-American, and nobody, not a single Legionnaire or person reacted at all. Why would they? Why should they? I figured that in the future, race would be about as significant, relevant as shoe size. No one would or should care. My editor, a man named Mort Weisinger, nixed the idea. He said that if we had a Negro character, that racist comics distributors in the South wouldn't distribute the book. That ended that. Later, other writers made up reasons for the mask, facial scars, whatever. Not what I would have done, but at least now we can have all kinds of colors and people in comics. You know, that's really interesting because that, that um, when, when uh, Weisinger points out the idea of, um, of uh, <laughs> you're right, Darren? Yeah, I'm fine. It's fine. exciting stuff. <laughs> no. You were oh, making I'm... that sound again. Um, you sorry. Sorry. <laughs> um, the the uh, the idea of the uh, distributors in the South uh, not wanting to carry the book that was something that was brought up at the Legion fiftieth anniversary panel at San Diego the year before this uh, yeah I guess it was last la- not this past San Diego but the one before that um, and that was something that uh, that Levitz mentioned um, in in fact almost verbatim uh, he said you know there was a, there was a real concern over distributors in the South. Uh, returning just a, a whole pile of comics because it was a returnable business back then. It's it's kind of scary that that was the uh, crazy. Yeah, 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 and yeah. It was it, crazy, but those wacky back southerners. Nineteen sixty. What is this? Five sixty six. Yeah, yeah. It was completely legit. Yeah, which is sad to say. Yeah, sad to say. Different time for sure. Okay, so continue yeah. on with uh, with with Pharaoh Lad. Well, uh, Feral Lad, as, as Matt pointed out, <laughs> from the book The Life and Death of Feral Lad, Feral Lad eventually um, passes away, and we'll get to that sooner than most people think. He was, he was notable for being the, the first real Legionnaire death that stuck. Yeah. But Feral Lad does come back occasionally in different forms, and uh, he has a couple of codas. He was insanely popular for the amount of uh, panel time he received. And he, he's pretty much a legend in, in the Legion for just being Pharaoh Lad. Uh, he's had another incarnation with the Archies, who was just Pharaoh. Yep. And we never saw an incarnation of him with the Three Boot. No. So You'd we don't know about Shooter the Three Boot. brought him back. Maybe. If he'd stay down longer. I wonder. Maybe. Oh, yeah, I wonder about that. Well, they already had Projector and Karate Kid, so the implication is that Pharaoh Lad's already gone but and 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 maybe that was part of what what shooter was thinking was the fact that you know i i already wrote the story that killed him so i'm done with that and 
entirely possible. Now the the that that Archie Legion uh, Pharaoh was actually from the twentieth century, if I remember correctly. Yep. Yes, he was. That he was, and also our Pharaoh lad does have a brother, Douglas, and yep. we will meet Douglas later. Yes, yes, we will. Very cool. Um, next on the list is um, <laughs> Karate Kid. Woo-hoo. Um, Karate Kid and Projector. Let's just do them together. Uh, Karate Kid is Val Armour of Earth, and Projectra is Princess Projectra of Orando. That's not a code name. That's really her mm-hmm. title and name. Uh, she goes by the, the shorter name of Jackie in most uh, panels, and most, most Legionnaires know her as Jackie. Oh, you'll hear us use that kind of you know, substitution-wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, Val has trained himself. He's the only Legionnaire without an inborn power, although many people do believe he does have a power, which is the ability to detect weakness in an enemy. Um, he is one of the most skilled fighters ever in the DC Universe, and that has been brought up many, many times. It's like he automatically absorbs how to do martial arts, which that would be a great power to have. It's like mm-hmm. Neo Matrix, I know drunken boxing, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and there was a story later on, and I'm thinking, um, uh, actually, this was uh, during the Conway Thomas run. Um, I, and I say that purely because I don't remember which one wrote this particular issue that I'm thinking of, where he was looking at, at, a, at a huge chain link and had to detect a weakness within it. Mm-hmm. And um, and so that was just sort of an interesting thing, you know. That was that that for me was the first time where I'd really seen it sort of referred to that way, where he where it was almost as though he was scanning it for a weakness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not entirely detect- unheard of in martial arts circles, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're probably right, and that's that. It probably comes Focusing more from that. Chi and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's, exactly. it's just the hyper superpowering of that, I guess. Yeah, and um, Bao and will eventually become the consort of and marry Princess Projectra. Um, they become a Legion couple, one of the longest-running Legion couples ever. Yeah. And Karate Kid will get his own title eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the 20th century during the DC explosion because martial arts characters were all big during the 70s with oh, Bruce yeah. Lee making a splash. So they decided and to put because Karate he was awesome. Title. Yeah. Well, of yes. course, Karate Kid is awesome. Awesome enough to be killed four times now. That's right. <laughs> it takes four times to kill him. I know. And they're still not entirely done. And there's That's another right. one. So, um, After Karate Kid passes away, a second Karate Kid um, comes back. And th- there are some key stories. If you listen to our Eye for an Eye podcast, you know about Karate Kid's passing. And um, let's let's talk about the rest of Karate Kid later. Projectra, on the other hand, is a whole other story. Uh, she is a royal. She is the princess, the only daughter of King Vox, apparently, of Orando. And she was given the ability to project illusions by the oracles of Orando. And that was their mystical, you know, guild, so to speak. Orando is a very medieval setting, Renaissance fair D&D kind of planet. So you have to kind of look at all the projector stories on her homeworld as one of these things is not like the other. This is a total like you step through the portal in the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon and this is where you are now. Yeah. It is mm-hmm. in Dungeons and Dragons really where there's there's witches and warlocks and and not, we never saw like evil beasties or so but it's not that far of a stretch to to go there. Mm-hmm. 
Um, this is about 10 years before Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> yeah. Projectra, uh, eventually um, her father passes away and she becomes Queen Projectra. And as a result, she is nudged along to, to really move the consorting along because, you know, you, you got to produce an heir, right? So uh, Projectra and Karate Kid get married in Legion Annual Number 2, which happens um, after the Great Darkness Saga. Yeah. Actually, right yep. after um, issue 300, isn't it? Yep, right after. Yeah. So, and that leads uh, them into um, Eye for an Eye, really. And yeah. then Projectra, after an Eye for an Eye, um, Projectra takes Orando off into another dimension. But that's not the end of her either. But we're not going to go there yet. <laughs> we're going to hold off on that. Those of yeah. you longtime Legion fans know why I'm holding off on that. Um, Projectra in the Archies. Wow. Yeah, I have to confess, this is why I dropped the Archies. <laughs> mm. Projector showed up and she looked just like she did here um, in this story. She had uh, <laughs> the, the white opera length gloves on and the, and the hot pink and purpleness and it was all looking hot. And then they reveal, oh, by the way, she's a snake. Yeah, You racist. And I went. Yeah. <laughs> you anti-snake I'm not a racist. I'm a speciest. Let's get oh, uh, okay. we, well, number forty-three. Yeah, I just, I just. One, it was college and money was tight too, and that just gave me a real good reason. But Projector is one of my favorite Legionnaires. So I just had to back away at that point. I needed a break <laughs> from from whatever the hell was going on in that book at that moment. So I was like, okay, Projector's a snake. Yeah, I'm out. So. <laughs> Um, she was known as Censor during that incarnation. Yes. And those of you can figure out where that went if you're longtime Legion fans. Um, and she had little, little arms. Little, yeah, she, yeah, she had little robotic, robotic arms. arms. <laughs> and then at some point, um, Projector underwent a transformation to make her kind of a combination of the snake creature and her former self. She got white hair and more pinkish markings. Yeah. But it was it was a it was a horrible collaboration of those two ideas, kind of fused into one being, and uh, then you know, the Archies went away, and then we got Princess Projectra of the Three Boot, which was at the beginning way more cool than she's ever been. Oh except, yeah, oh, absolutely. The end of the Baxter run. Loved her at the beginning of the of the Three Boot. Loved her. <laughs> And then they made her evil. Not so much. And they made her evil. And I just had to go, what the (laughs) fuck? What the fuck? Well, somebody's got to be a Legion traitor, Darren. Yeah, I know someone's got to be a Legion traitor. Pick Giselle. She was new. Uh, (laughs) So, um, yeah, Projectra was weird in the three boot. We'll get to her eventually. But I really love the way that... She got her powers, kind of a, an akin to Superman's origin, actually. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, she she became really useful to the Three Boot Legion to a point. Yeah. And then, then the Three Boot Legion kind of fell apart, in my opinion, but that was just me. And, so, and, and to be fair, a lot of that happened right around the time that... Um, Mark Wade left. Well, like, yes, but but a big part of the, his reason for doing that is because the... Uh, the um, the retro boot Power. legion came about. Yeah, the retro boot legion came back, so. and and so it was kind of like, well, what are we doing here? You know, yes, yeah. either either Can't we're right really or we're not. Feeling that way, really? No, not at all, not at all. Yeah. So, and who does that leave? That leaves us with Nemesis Kid. Well, Nemesis Kid, 
Well, Churl. <laughs> Churl. His name's not Churl. <laughs> His name is Hart. Tell Paul that. <laughs> Listen to the eye for an eye to hear why we're calling him Churl. Nemesis Kid, um, I hate to spoil it for you, but you're going to find out in five minutes anyway. He is actually the traitor. Uh, what? No. Shock. Joke. Worst podcaster ever. With a no. name like Nemesis Kid, who would have guessed it? <laughs> now now they don't have to listen to the rest. He was well-named, wasn't he? <laughs> um, Nemesis Kid is the traitor, and he goes on to join the Legion of Supervillains and, in fact, leads them at some point. And he does such a nasty job of being a Legion baddie that he kills a Legionnaire and then winds up being killed by another Legionnaire. Hmm. Again, listen to Eye for an Eye. Yeah. Yeah. And some of these characters are very much entwined with each other, and their histories are very much part of that. So Now that yeah. you've spoiled all that, they don't have to go back and listen to Idafer and I anyway. I didn't say who killed who, did I? <laughs> all right, then. He, he didn't go there. <laughs> I did not go there. All right, so. I mean, just a Wikipedia page away. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and why are we doing this at all? Go read Wikipedia, you people. Hmm. Don't listen to him. Yeah, talk about the <laughs> Wait. I'm in. Pay no attention to the monkey behind the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> the filthy monkey that's throwing poo at us. Oh, man. I have almost this... never thrown poo. Almost never. Uh-huh. <laughs> See, this this is one of my favorite group of new recruit legionnaires. Yeah. yeah. To be honest yeah. with you. Except for the Baxters. I, th- I thought the Baxter inclusion oh, was yeah. great. Yeah. Uh, and, but again, I don't, I don't think... I mean, it's one of those things where I, I really think that, that that that's where we see an example of of um, the, Lev- the the influence that Shooter had on Levitz sort of coming to the fore there, where it was uh, where where he was, you know, trying to uh, to revitalize what was going on with the Legion. In his case, he had a, a whole sort of different mandate in, in bringing them in, um, in in as to who they were replacing, essentially. Mm-hmm. But, this, but, you know, it was that idea of, of making a big splash at the, near the beginning of a series where he'd, you know, done this, this, this big, you know, this large scope series or large scope uh, uh, arc at the very beginning that really sort of turned a lot of stuff on its ear. And then, and then he brought in new people. And uh, and and that really kind of set the tone for what he was going to be doing for for that series. In, it also in... also shows sort of shows the uh, the reverence that he had for the previous material. Oh yeah, homage, totally. It's sort of homage kind of deal. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean that that went all the way down to uh, Mentala's uniform being the yellow green that Saturn Girl wore in her first appearance. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. There there was a lot of homages and Easter eggs in the, those stories, and I can't wait to get to them. Yay! Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Okay, so let's um, before we get back to the story, I think it is time for the oh, stump no. extravaganza. Woohoo! That's right. It's time to stump the subs. So Stumper-ific. so what we're gonna do is because. Because you know it's the, it's the fiftieth episode, and, and because it seems that Murray has sent in nearly fifty questions. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ, Murray! We're gonna go through a few of them. Awesome. All right. So round. Close my. Let me close my archive. <laughs> trying to be on my best behavior and, and shut Wikipedia off. There we go. Okay. Okay. Since we do now this remotely, right. I do my best to be you know a good boy. Absolutely. We'd hear you typing anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's not my hands. Sorry. Hey, now. 
All right, so let's uh, let's start off. We're, we're, we're going to go in reverse. Three boot question first. Ooh, okay. Mm. You're knocking with my karma there. Okay. How many <laughs> times did Kitson use the cover image of a central Legionnaire showing off the Legion flight ring with a collection of Legionnaires in the background? Mm. Which Ooh. issues were they and which Legionnaires were used? And we're going to use stump. <laughs> we're going to use stump rules here. If you get any part of that right on all th- on all three, then you're uh, you're covered. Oh, for crying out loud! Well, okay, the first issue, they they did that, and that was um, Brainy. Yeah, mm-hmm. was the one with the uh, flight ring. Mm-hmm. Oh, who are the people near him? Um, Dream- Don't worry about that. You just need to give us the, oh. the that central person. Okay. Well, yeah. then the other one would be Cosmic Boy. Yeah. Was that issue seven? Yes, it was. Okay. So, is that it? Or is there another one? There's probably another one. Anyone? <laughs> Dream Girl. Uh, but not uh, the same. Oh, well, I, they did use it for Supergirl when it became Supergirl. Oh, yeah. That was number 16. Yeah. yeah I was th- I was thinking uh, Triple Good Girl, and that was number three, but I don't know if she had the flight ring out. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it was just her. It did seem early on that that was kind of a, a, a cover convention. So, yeah, it was issue one with Brainy, issue seven with Cause, and issue 18 with Supergirl. Oh, 18. Yeah. 18. Um, okay. A year later. Or yes. in that case, a thousand one, one thousand and one later. years later. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, reboot question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Archies. <laughs> Name the titles of the comics that starred the Legion during the reboot years. I'm not oh, looking I... for one shots like Secret Files or Adventures in the DCU or books where they were guest stars or really bad miniseries. Hello, Science Police. I'm looking at you. Just books <laughs> that contain the day to day adventures of the team. Okay. Uh, Legion of Superheroes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Legionnaires. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Legion Lost. Yeah. Legion of the Damned. Or was that just a, a fake on that title on that one book? I don't know. That, okay. that was a story arc. Yeah. Okay. Because they did something with the logo on that. I didn't know if you right, was right. or not. Um, and Legion. Yeah. Is that it? Am I done? One more. That's One more. You missed, you missed, you missed one. Of course. I always miss one. Uh, I think I know what it is. <laughs> you know what it is, you filthy monkey. Um, well, I don't know what it is. So what is it? Legion World. Is it oh, Legion I was World? Say oh, it. I'm sorry, Scott. I'm sorry. That's okay. That's How all right. often am I going to be able to answer these questions, Paul? I mean, come on. Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all we right. Got to use it when we can, right? And now we get to the original Legion question: Which Legion villain liked Ike? Uh, Dr. Mayavale. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Yay. Oh, uh, Only read stumped. that when you are really tanked, people. <laughs> and even then. <laughs> and even then, it's going to take some plowing through. All right, so you didn't get stumped with that one. But he's <laughs> Next back. One. This one is an all shadow last stump the subs. Ooh. Oh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Original Legion. Shadow last joined the Legion in the middle of in the middle of a fight with the Fatal Five. Mm-hmm. Which other Legionnaires also joined the Legion in the midst of battle? Oh. 
White right. Witch. Yeah. Let me think here. Oh, you, you can't miss this one, Darren. <laughs> well, I'm... Your fave. <laughs> Uh, I know. Well, Chemical King and Timberwolf, but it was always it's the the hard part about this question is usually the Legion says after the battle's over. Oh, and, and that's true. Like I look at these next at the next the other two that he mentions, and and that's exactly what I. Uh, so I would say if if that's what we're thinking about, then I would say Timberwolf and Chemical King after the LSB fight, and Invisible Kid too after the Computo yeah. story. Mm-hmm. Is there another one? There's one more, but one more. But even 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 uh, Murray seems to uh, to hedge on this one. Really? Okay. Well, hang on. Let me think. <laughs> Quizlet? No. Um, <laughs> well, he does kind of butt into the whole application process there. But then, who didn't at that point? Um, let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Wouldn't be Donnie, wouldn't be Block, wouldn't be Tyrock. Oh, oh, back up. Oh, really? Yep. Tyrock? No. Shut your mouth. Sorry. Because <laughs> that, that was back. like a full-on like five-issue arc of him joining the Legion. That wasn't. <laughs> um. Well, Wildfire brought, brought Dawnstar in, so yeah, it has to be. I guess we'd have to be Donnie out of those because Block joined, like in a normal test the Academy members, so. See, he hedges on that one. He says, Block, who joined up while fighting the Fatal Five and the Dark Man in issue 271, although I think he was technically inducted in the next issue, I think it's close enough to count. Judges? Eh, no. Close enough. <laughs> eh. no. All right. Reboot question. <laughs> Which Legionnaires were inducted onto the team along with Umbra? Censor mm-hmm. and Magno. Yep. There you go. Because I threw that book at the wall. (laughs) I've got that issue right next to me. (laughs) You should burn it. (laughs) I got it signed by Jeff Moy. (laughs) Oh, cool. Keep it for that. (laughs) Which Legion boys were boffed by Shady? (laughs) Oh, my. (laughs) Excuse me? (laughs) In the three boot, which Legion boys were boffed by Shady? Yeah. Bopped as in hit on the head or bopped as in doing the horizontal Boffed. mambo? Boffed. Yes. The second. Oh, the horizontal yeah. mambo. Okay. Well, Ultra Boy. Yeah. That was definitely alluded to. I think Ultra Boy was the man whore of the Legion. I think she, she yep. did most of the girls. Um, let's see here. Uh, Karate Kid. Yep. There you go. Yeah. There you go. She didn't have time to work on Monel. He was a wanderer. So. <laughs> He was always out in space. Oh, oh, and you know what? And it's funny because then his next message actually says, add this to my shady theme, Stump the Subs. Timberwolf and Chemical King also joined in the midst of an adventure uh, in Adventure 372 when they are sent undercover to join the LSV. Darren's going to kick my ass if I forget to mention Chemical King. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Maybe this, maybe this one will do it, Murray. Because <laughs> he sent all the, all of these to me over over one weekend, like basic, or actually, I wow. say over one weekend, over one day of the weekend. It was on uh, on Ow. Labor Day. Um, okay, which five Legionnaires have been members of two, but not all three of the Legion teams? And he's considering characters like Lightning Lad and Livewire to be the same. 
So just because the name is different, it's essentially the same character. So which Legionnaires have been members of the team in two universes, but not in three? Exactly. Yes. And not in one. Right. Correct. Okay. Okay. So, I know a couple of them. And, and names are not considered a problem here because it's the, right. it's the essence of the character. Livewire yep. is Lightning Lad. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Let's just go down the list then. We can forget right. the three founders. We forget um, Triplicate Girl. Forget Phantom Girl. You forget probably forget Cam. Brainy. Forget Colossal Boy. Forget Brainy. Um, forget Invisible Kid, number one. Uh, let's see here. I'm going to say Supergirl. Right. I don't think she showed up in the Archies. Correct. Correct. And Superboy was in two of them, but not the third one. So Superboy. Mm-hmm. Are y'all counting that one? Mm-hmm. Is that is that correct? Okay. I he didn't, he didn't list it, but yeah, that's uh, that's a fact. Okay. Uh, let's see. Starboy was in all of them. Violet was in all of them. Sunboy was in technically all of them but barely just barely right um matter your lab wasn't on the team in number two or number three so he doesn't count same for bouncing boy monel counts though he was never really a legionnaire in the three boot i think they gave did they give him a ring i believe they did yeah they did okay so I'm wrong about Monel. Let's see here. Element Lad's out. Dream Girl is out. Element Lad is out. Yeah, <laughs> he's been out. Yeah. <laughs> he's a chemistry teacher somewhere. Um, In the Kansas City School Board, so. <laughs> <laughs> you better have a beard for that. Um, uh, Ayla's out. <laughs> Projectra's out. Val is out. Um, Pharaoh, however, yep, Pharaoh counts. Yes, we just talked about that. In fact, <laughs> yes, we did. That's not really that fair, but okay. Um, forget um, Timberwolf and Shady. Chemical King was only a member of one of them. Wildfire showed up in all three in some form. Uh, now we have the problem with Dawnstar, but... I, I think Shakira... Do we agree Shakira. that Dawnstar and Shikari are basically... Oh, definitely, yeah. definitely. Okay, so then Dawnstar counts because she was never a member of the third group. Hmm. Locke wasn't in the Archies. Nope. Although... Um, Jacques was in one and two, but it was kind of as a different character for number two. So I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Invisible Kid slash Gear. Um, Misa, we can forget her because I don't think she ever made it into the Archies, and she was a wanderer in the three boot. Polar Boy, we can forget because they just showed up on a on a panel in the background towards the end of the Archie run. <laughs> uh, forget Quizlet, forget Magnetic Kid, forget Telus, 
and we're done. Did, did you say Karate Kid? No, he's a member of all three teams. Yeah. Was he? Was he in the yes. RCs? Yes. Okay. He was with the Amazers for the longest oh, yeah, time, and then eventually right. came over. Yeah. Okay. When all that Akali corruption stuff happened, so. Yeah, I forgot about that stuff. Yeah, see, I think some of it gets tough because you get some characters that appeared in stories like, and this happened a lot in 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 the reboot, um, where they appeared in the stories but never joined the team. Yeah. Who does he have? So, which five do we have? Uh, God, you want me to remember them now? Superboy, um, Superboy, Supergirl, Invisible Super <laughs> Kid Number Two, Pharaoh Lad. And uh, was was invisible, invisible Kid two on the team? Gear. Oh, okay. All right. Just just from the look, I mean, it was, you know, it was an obvious analog to Jacques. So, power set completely different, but it was an obvious analog to him. Hmm. How many black guys do you know have a white streak in their hair? Come on. <laughs> All of them. At the, at the age of fourteen. All 15, the ones 16. I know. Yeah, well, you're in Canada. <laughs> hey, um, that's my that's my answer. Okay, so so the ones that he listed were Supergirl, mm-hmm. original team and three boot, mm-hmm. Laurel Gand on the original team and the reboot. Oh, and oh, the reboot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, tricky. It, that, Still Supergirl. <laughs> so I guess, yeah. I guess I guess Kono may be in there also then. Was Kono on one of the other teams? I, I believe Kono was in the reboot. Oh, wow. No. Uh-uh. Wasn't she? No, no, Apparition. He has Sunboy being on the original and the three boot. He said he appeared this... in the reboot stories, but never joined the team. That may be very possible. Yeah. I, I don't know off the top of my head. Feral Lad. Mm-hmm. And Wildfire being in the original and the reboot. There yeah, but you but you got Erg one for the. That's the same dude. Ge- that's the same dude. Yeah, totally. It's yeah, the same dude. So. Yeah. Um, I, I mean that ties into the whole live wire and lightning ladder the same. So that one's mm-hmm. that one's a little murky. It's a little murky, yeah. but uh, because we're gonna we, give this one to Darren. All right. <laughs> the judges have spoken, Murray. I I, I, I can do nothing about the judges. Um. All right, now here's a here's a, a, another question uh, that he's given a bonus question along with that because it wasn't really following sort of a reboot, uh, you know, a original reboot and three boot uh, format. But which Legionnaire appeared as a future member of the reboot team? This was in JSA fifty one, but never actually appeared in any of the chronicled adventures of the team. <laughs> I have no clue. <laughs> oh, JSA fifty one. JSA fifty one. No freaking. Oh, let me think a minute. Golden Age Flash. Was it another star character there, Tom? There's got to be a reason why they appeared in JSA. I mean, come on. This was, I think, at the end of that Kingdom story where they had the. um... The the Eclipso stuff. Oh, oh. Oh, okay. So, you know what? 51 was Mordru. That was Mordru. That was Mordru. The battle with Mordru. Oh gosh! Yeah, I don't so was it the that. witch? Was it White Witch then? Uh, well, I believe it was a. Was it a Naboo? Was it was it a Doctor Fate type character? No. 
Who was it? It's been no. a while since I've read that. Snapper car. No. Come on. He, he was. It, I'll, I'll, I'll give you this. He was definitely a legionnaire. Superboy? No. Oh, who was clue it? number clue number two? He was definitely a legionnaire. Okay. Clue number <laughs> clue number two, the um, five year gap series, the five year later series. Not very kind to him. Um, everyone. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Did you see what happened to the five year later people? Yeah, really. Um, it was rougher than it was rougher for some than others, especially at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Well, I would say Timberwolf. He came to the 20th century, but I think that was way before JSA 52 ever saw print. So he was in his quasi in between furball stage. But he would have been a member of the team. So, well, actually, no, Timberwolf was never a member of the reboot team. We have different definitions of what is really unkind to a character, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have no clue. Yeah. Block. Oh, well, yeah, yes, that would have been. That would have been awful. Yes, yes. poor hmm. Block. All right, so let's. Um... Yeah, because I don't want to use and all of our. He never joined up. either because he didn't. Uh, there was no <laughs> reboot block in Legion Three Worlds either. So. Well, and that's what he's saying is that, um, you know, basically he just kind of showed up in that picture, but was never act- never actually appeared in any of, any of the adventures of the team. And you know, I was mixing it up because I was thinking of the other, um, um, the 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 thing at the end of the the kingdom. Or, or the Thy Kingdom oh, Come yeah. storyline, you know the one, the bit I mean, where um, where they had like this this image of uh, of all of the Legionnaires flying, uh, and it yeah. was it was kind of an amalgamation of a whole bunch of different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was. I think that reference was more was the Legion dealing with Mordru in the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah, that's going to happen again and again and again. So absolutely, Mordru's not gone. Mordru will never be gone. So, as much as I wish he would. <laughs> Sorry, uh, that crazy Viking hat. It's coming. His dress. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh man! All right. So let's. Speaking uh, of which, I had a thought about that two-part, that two-page spread that I had to do the hundred yeah. pages on. Hyper time. <laughs> oh yeah. Without ever saying it, that's what that was. Oh, definitely. Oh, there you go. Yeah, without a doubt, you know, and that was, uh, I mean, that was the idea of that that whole thing of being able to to pull because you know the idea of the time trapper being an an aberrant timeline really kind of led right into that whole hyper time thing where they all did exist. So thank you, Mister Wade. We love hyper time. Mm. All Legion fans should love hyper time. (laughs) All your stories exist. (laughs) Absolutely. So, I'm I'm not gonna dig into into further ones. I actually have a couple more, but uh, but I think uh, I, I think that's that's a lot of trivia, and I frankly I don't want to use up all the questions because mm. you know we got other episodes <laughs> coming up. Um, also, it means that someone else someone didn't get there. 
yet. The, the prize. No, no prize right. yet. As 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 yet unstumped. And uh, and and so everyone's uh, got a shot at it. Come on, send yeah. in your questions. So it's it's a, a, an original Legion question, a reboot question, and a three boot question. That's your. Uh, that's basically your, your mandate with these. And, and you're just better off avoiding all Chemical King questions just at the get-go. So. <laughs> all five of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just yeah. save yourself the trouble. And, and, you know, it would appear that, uh, you know, the, uh, I, I had a feeling you'd get the Maya Vale thing just purely because, I mean, come on. Uh, it's a, so a ridiculous. Maya vale, come on. A, vil- a villain, you know, I mean, it's one of those things where every Legion fan has really kind of dissected that story because it is so ludicrous. Oh, and, uh, <laughs> wasn't that written by Steve Apollo? Wasn't that the one? No, it, I believe that was oh. a Conway. That was a Conway, yeah. Was yeah. it? Oh mm-hmm. my word! Yeah, listen. I usually love Jerry Conway, but I gotta say, uh, listen wow. to this. Listen to this week's fifteen minutes with Mark Wade for a funny story about Jerry Conway. Oh, awesome! <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's awesome. Is, is this the 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 APA the apocalypse? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's awesome. He tells a little story about him and one of his friends recording a an audio drama about Jerry Conway. (laughs) It's hilarious. Oh, poor Jerry Conway. (laughs) (laughs) I get the I get the impression from uh, following uh, Jerry on the on the Twitter that uh, he's got a pretty good sense of ha ha. (laughs) I'm sure he does. Oh, man. And his Legion run was not as bad as people like to make it out to be. So, oh no, I I double, there's, it, there's a couple of my favorite stories in there. One of which I already already mentioned. So, uh, I, I, as I say, it was that was kind of when he passed it off to Roy Thomas, and uh, um, so a bit messy in the in sort of the uh, you know sort of the the going of it. But anyway, I'm gonna read some uh, feedback. Yay, feedback. Heath Rosenbaum says, I just digested seven episodes of the show after getting my computer back from the shop. Damn that computer. Wow. wow. Wonderful uh, work on the episodes and such greatness as computer, but oh, the dialogue hurts. Time <laughs> Trapper and Glorith, Starboy Killing, more super pets. I'm in, I'm in the minority as a pet hater, but I love Paul's Nixon voice. Nixon? <laughs> Nixon? What the? <laughs> you know how many hours well, I, we had I'm to like, negotiate? Is like Comet's agent. Okay, dude, that, that took like effort, right? All right, so he says, I can't wait to hear what Paul thought about that Legion of Subs special. Oh, yeah, that's right. Giddy up. Mm. Um, All he has to do is come down and get it. Did you get my email? He didn't get my email. Maybe. Okay, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll figure that out after. All right. Um, Maybe I didn't. I've, I've, I've totally cleared a flight plan. Um, Sweet. So anyway, it says uh, Scott is an excellent addition to the team. He's funny and mean <laughs> and still learning, and he works nicely off the rest of you. I was thankful he finally called I am out. so blushing. <laughs> there's, there's a few left-handers here. It's kind of funny uh, that he finally ca- uh, called out uh, Darren's heavy breathing. No, no insult to, uh, to Darren, but the constant huffing sounded like I was on the phone with my mouth-breathing nephew. <laughs> <laughs> Some that of the was, things that, that was totally me having a new microphone. So absolutely, uh, and, and the th- other two not telling me about it, and Scott telling me <laughs> about it. So hey, uh, 
thanks to my two longtime Legion friends. <laughs> oh, oh man! All right, like so it. things that some of the things that make the show great. Matt's convention story. It took a long time to get the get to the point, but great text story. <laughs> to to be fair, that's because I kept derailing him to ask questions about stuff. Um, but he says your superhero name is Rambling Man. <laughs> He's he a says, man. He says, yeah. uh, Paul is the uh, the Very human remember. Encyclopedia Galactica. Thanks for the info on Fort Swan, Levitz, and so on. Mm, perhaps uh, perhaps I'd be more of the human Wikipedia. Wikipedia yeah. lad. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, and for those bits of complete randomness like Holmes and Yo-Yo, I'm so pleased someone caught that. <laughs> <laughs> he says, is Brainiac 6 two dollar name? Trivia King? Um, the uncomfortable moments of silence following some of Darren's comments. You are innuendo lad or kid TMI. <laughs> we have yet to go TMI with me, baby. Don't worry. <laughs> and he says, uh, Scott's impatience on Marvel Disney chatter. Your name is snappy McCranky pants. <laughs> it doesn't like fit with any Legion pattern. What are you talking about? <laughs> this guy's a jerk. <laughs> He says, I love the Legion and have since forever. I also love poking some fun at the old stories. Can't wait until the shooter issues. Well, and here we are. Wait no more, sir. Wait, wait no in, more. Indeed. Indeed. Um, practically knocking at our door. And uh, and actually, he then uh, sent a follow-up to our last episode, and uh, he said about Caged Heat. Uh, he says that the title didn't catch on at first, but wow, very funny. The lingo used in this episode could kill lesser men. They really needed someone who could write convincing teenager dialogue. And that was that whole that was that whole era, like, you know, where we talked we talked oh. a little bit about the whole daddy o thing with um Snapper Carr with Gardner Fox trying to write that kind of dialogue because everyone always thought, you know, this is the way kids talk. And you yeah, had Bob Haney. Uh, like as a as an avowed Teen Titans fan, I, I could not Spend the money on the on the uh, showcase for the Teen Titans yeah. because it's oh god I did oh. oh my god I read it from the library yeah it's <laughs> it's tough to get through hey daddy yo um, <laughs> although says, I did learn what the frog is so that's kind of cool <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was really dirty until someone explained it to me. Mm. <laughs> So uh, Heath continues to say, I'd love to see a new Legion Year One series that rebuilds these old stories into a more readable f format. Uh, Levitz, Gif Giffen, and the Beer Bombs used to do that stuff all the time when they wanted to dip into Legion Legacy to move the story forward. And you think of like uh, the, the Vidar GL story, uh, Starboy's Unlucky Life, Colossal Boy versus Starfinger, and of course, Ultra Boy versus Glorith. Um, oh. He says, the ideas were awesome if the Hogan's Heroes and baseball references weren't. <laughs> Could you imagine the pitch? Okay, this is the Legion meets Nazis meets Joe DiMaggio. Yeah, um, seriously. Hey, just, just wait for a few, ep a few issues and we get uh, the Legion and the Dirty Dozen. Oh, there you That's right. That's oh, right. Oh, sweet. Um, he says, though, now I think about it. The, uh, the baseball did survive into the 30th century. In fact, yes, it did. Tom Caller eventually becomes the manager of one such team. Great yes, stuff. He does. So um, one of the things he talks about, where he talks about that that Legion Year One series, and 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 it's it's a neat idea, sort of the the looking back at that history. One of the best examples I can think of that is is the Secrets of the Legion series that came out in the early 80s. 
Yeah. And uh, it was a three-issue series. It came out around the same time or maybe shortly after the Untold Legend of the Batman. Yeah, and, I, I think it was shortly after that. Yeah, and they were they were basically the same kind of um, same kind of thing where it was basically build a story that's a framing sequence, some kind of mystery, and um, and uh, and use it as an excuse an, an excuse to go through the history and to basically bring in and and so what they were doing is they were kind of bringing in all these elements from some of the wacky Silver Age stories and making it work in the context of the more serious storytelling style that they were using at the time and so you would get like um like like for example the uh, uh, the well heck any of the uh, of this of the Siegel stories like you know he made a lot of that stuff really work in, in yeah. building it into that context and and none of the details was lost and that was that was what was what to me was really artful about it was that he didn't have to lose the details to make it still seem seem to work within that continuity and uh and i thought that was a, just a really cool series anyway as was the the um untold legend of the batman and that would the batman one i think used to be available like in one of those tour books like the paperbacks where they have like two panels a page kind of thing and uh and that that one if you if you see it in, in like a used bookstore or something pick it up because it's a it's a fantastic read um but the legion one sadly not uh collected or printed in any other form hmm. and it's a shame because it is a really cool series and i uh, actually had a, a pretty heavy duty revelation in in that series that would have major ramifications on the title going forward for many many years oh yeah so um so there you go um okay so that's uh, so we've done some feedback we've done that we should uh we should get to the story so i'll take this because i haven't done one in a while Yay! <laughs> and this is from uh, lead, this is from Adventure Comics three forty seven. Um, so the uh, the Traitor's Triumph, and we have a classic Swan Klein cover here. As the Legion faces its darkest hour, as the spy in its ranks strikes at Earth's defenses in the Traitor's Triumph. Take a drink. <laughs> um, and it says here, and you see them. You see uh, Superboy busting through the door at. Um, of the Legion arsenal, and um, and it, and it's uh, and Phantom Girl saying the Karate Kid has destroyed all Earth's weapons. We're doomed. And you see Polar Defense missiles that look just like the American security weapons uh, yeah. right next to them. And uh, there you go. That's that's where the uh, WMDs ended up. Yeah, yeah. No, no current political <laughs> influence there at all. <laughs> So um, in this issue, as I said, it's a, it's a Swan and Klein cover, and um, Jim Shooter is the writer and did layouts for it, and uh, Kurt Swan is the penciler with George Klein inking. And so I wonder if the previous issue was done with uh, with light table blowups uh, on on inks, because there's a real difference between sort of their this kind of an openness. Uh, in, oh yeah, in, you know what I mean. It just just, a, seems just look at Cosmic Boy's face. Yeah. In some of this issue, some of those panels. Yeah, so there's a there's a real difference there, but this one, you know, I wonder if it, if this was uh Swan taking uh taking those layouts because the the characters do have much more of a Swan look um here. Anyway, who knows. You have to wonder if Swan was like I'm taking orders from a 13-year-old kid. Seriously. I think not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to draw it the way we draw comics, kid. Exactly. Yeah. He's like, "Don't don't you know who I am?" Get out of here! You bother me. <laughs> so, um, 
so we see the Legion with Legion jet platforms. Oh, <laughs> Which yeah. are awesome. They look like hot tubs. <laughs> they totally do. Streaking Those toward Earth ones. in the 30th century comes a fleet of invading spaceships armed with fantastic weapons. Members of the Legion of Superheroes. Whoa, better make that 10. Because as if they didn't have enough trouble, the Legionnaires have an enemy agent in their own ranks. No, yes. that never happens. And when they do uncover the rat, it looks like they may be too late to prevent the traitor's triumph. Dun, 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 dun. Yes. So um, in the, on the splash page, we've got them on their jet platforms saying all our weapons have been destroyed. Presumably that includes their flight rings. Uh, but we'll fight with our superpowers. Charge! And the uh, you got the villain saying, blast those superheroes out of the sky, men. Charge. Everyone's charging. There's yeah, that is weird. Why do they have those flying hot tubs? Well, perhaps they'll explain that to us in the subsequent pages. <laughs> you want exposition? <laughs> yes, there's not enough for me. I, I, it's just too many pictures cluttering up these pages. <laughs> you have to explain everything. All right, so decoyed away from their posts at one of the three Electro Towers, which guard Earth from the alien invaders, Phantom Girl and Cosmic Boy return to find the tower destroyed. And uh, and so this is where we see, you know, we kind of get caught up a little bit on, on what happened. So here he is introducing the characters. Hmm? <laughs> uh, um, so he says, the guards were knocked out with gas stolen from the vault. And, uh, that's, and Phantom Girl points out that the Karate Kid was guarding it. He looks guilty to me. I'll bet he betrayed the Legion. He mm. does look kind of guilty in that picture. Yeah. He's, got, yeah, he's, he's got shifty eyes. He, guilty, he looks like he's trying to plot to a way say. to bitch slap Phantom Girl is what he's looking like. He, he, he's, <laughs> yeah. he looks like he's either got shifty eyes or he's modeled after a CC back Captain Marvel drawing. Um, <laughs> so he says, uh, so basically they say to the, the commandant, you know, there's nothing more we can do here. Um, basically, the safety of the others will be guaranteed by our concerted strength. He wishes them luck, and off they go to the second tower in, in Ceylon. Um, and so uh, Karate Kid's flying down, and, and you see uh, Phantom Girl and, and Cosmic Boy, and she says, look how Karate Kid flies apart from us, as if he didn't want us to question him. As, yeah. if, he did, as if he realizes what a bitch you're being. She's been so friendly to him <laughs> so far. <laughs> hmm. So they, they land down, and, uh, and the guards are getting ready. to they, they threaten to shoot them. They say, hold your fire with legionnaires. Uh, so, they, um, so the heroes assigned to that post advance. And so you've got... <laughs> Those dudes are really trigger happy. Seriously. And uh, Lightning Lad, <laughs> Pharaoh Lad, and uh, Chameleon Boy come running up. And Lightning Lad says, wait, I'll vouch for them. Don't shoot. So basically, Cosmic Boy gives them the whole rundown and uh, says that he's already contacted the members at the third uh, tower, and they're on their way. So all they can do is wait. And um, meanwhile, at the remains of the Alaska Tower, there is an unidentified object approaching at missile speed. And they said, well, it can't be a Legion ship, and we still have some secret weapons left. Shoot it down. Hmm. So they take a look, and it looks. they look in there, and it's like, look at the radar scope. It's a human form. Too late. And they zap, <laughs> they zap oh. the guy, and they're like, he's doomed. No one can survive so much combined energy. He'll be reduced to atoms. It's like, quick. Nobody say anything. Mm. <laughs> uh, but but it's okay because it's Superboy. So he comes flying down and they're, and they're kind of, you know, are you all right? Those rays could have like, yeah, thanks, guys. And he mm. says, I'm fine, but what happened here? So um, they explain everything. And so he's uh, okay, well, I better answer Cosmic Boy's summons. and But first, something else he must do. 
So back mm. in the Ceylon Tower, you've got the Legionnaires waiting around, and they're like, where's Superboy? He's holding us up. And some girl <laughs> says, not to, not to worry, you know, because he'll be here in a minute. And there he is. There's Superboy. And he says, sorry, I'm late. I uh, had a certain chore to do. <laughs> I er um. <laughs> so, I er uh, had a certain era. chore to do. Oh, no. Oh, no. Um. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, he's wearing pants. Um, okay. <laughs> nice that you had to check, though, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> he's got in this in this uh, uh, panel. Actually, he's kind of got polar boy uh, legs going on. Um, mm. Sexy. That's one way to look at it. Um, he says, <laughs> "Well, I better brief you on what's happened." And so, and <laughs> my sarcasm powers, Paul. <laughs> and uh, and so, Superboy says, "Skip it. I already know." And so off they go to the uh, to the briefing room, and they're inside there. And uh, Superboy says, "Anyone have an idea what we do now?" And so they so Light Last says, "Well, why don't we just divide into two groups and guard the remaining towers?" And he says, "Well, we have no time to devise any elaborate defense schemes, so that seems to be our only choice." And he thinks to himself, "Especially since the others have told me that they too suspect one of us is a spy." Oh no! No, Phantom I'll Girl. I'll take a drink. <laughs> Phantom Girl hey, thinks it's Karate tough. Kid. I wonder. So he says, "We'll divide into four groups this time: two to attack the, uh, two two to guard the air approaches uh, to the towers, and two to." And then there's a red alert. He doesn't get to say the next part of his plan yet. South American Tower is under attack. Request aid. So out they go. And uh, so he says, "Quick, Lightning Lad, Cosmic Boy, Shrinking Violet, Chameleon Boy, and Light Last, follow me. The others guard here." So, uh, and this is interesting because it's Chameleon Boy thinking, hmm, Superboy's picked the cream of the Legion mm. power, like me. Uh, can the inexperienced new members handle the job? So uh, they, they smash through the door, and he says, sorry about that door, but we haven't a moment to waste. There's no time to unfasten the locks. Um, I don't know. How about if you move at super speed? <laughs> <laughs> or tell them you're coming and tell them to open the door. Yeah, exactly. Or fly around the earth and turn time back. <laughs> he could have done that. And that save Margot so... Kidder. Yeah. Well, you definitely don't want to do that then. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so so off they go to the tower, and he says, look, it's only a small raiding party. <laughs> I said, but there must be no damage to the uh, to the tower. It's not, it's not being used. Come on, Legionnaires. Get those aliens. So yeah. they... So yeah, we get um, and and again unusual for for these days, but it's a full page splash. Um, and we get uh, we get uh, Superboy punching an alien out, and and Chameleon Boy making his hand really big, and uh, <laughs> and smashing a ship with that. That <laughs> was he was getting his pimp hand strong. Oh yeah, his <laughs> um, pimp hand is way strong. <laughs> and Claude. Um, and meanwhile, Cosmic Boy is ripping a ship apart with uh, with his uh, magnetism. Lightning Lad is blasting a ship with bolts, and these guys have to escape from it. And they've lost control. Bail out with your jet belts. And uh, have, have jet belts. Well, the the bad guys did. Right. Mm. Um, so so Light Last says, "Your death beam nearly got me, but my weight reducing rays won't give you time for a second chance." And so she makes this ship so light that it floats back into space. And she wasn't even uh, non-confident about her powers. Exactly. I know. She, she knows right what's going on it. now. She knows the score. And mm. uh, and uh, Shrinking Violet has shrink to, shrunk to tiny size, and she's in one of the ships and pulling a few wires loose. 
Anyway, so... I think that's the first time we've actually seen Violet do something useful in a fight. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Good for her. And, and this is interesting, right? Because he's, he's using... He's actually using the Legionnaires in... in Someone's on, finally using Violet as, you know, a female version of the Atom. Thank you. Yeah, it, well, yeah, exactly. And But he's making use of all the characters in some way, more than just having them sort of stand around. Yeah, and, um, somewhere. Like that somewhere. last... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, one of the reasons... Somewhere in this uh, Life and Death of Pharaoh ad, he talks a little bit about why he created those four new legionnaires and it's because he felt like too many of the legionnaires had uh passive powers yeah so he wanted to have more people who had abilities that actually did things or mm -hmm. <laughs> tell stories where legionnaires actually used their powers yeah shocking right <laughs> yeah uh, well I, I think one of the big things about shooter is we're finally moving really away from superboy being the main focus right. of, of all of these stories, or Supergirl being the main focus of the stories, and the Legionnaires are no longer just window dressing for his adventures. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's a good thing. Well, it's interesting because I, I kind of look at this as kind of, it, this story, it seems like a bit of a, a Legion melting pot. Although he's clearly leading the Legion in, in some aspects of the story, um, Superboy is more a part of the team. As a as opposed to you know the the most important part of the team, as opposed right. to coming up with the solution of the problem, which takes exactly panels to explain and exactly you know this is where you know this is where I always remember the Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes, um, you know where where in in those you know in those later issues he really did seem like a smaller part of the team, an important part of it, but not the most important part, and and that's right. this is where I think we see that really starting. He's um, no longer a Deus Ex Machina. Exactly. 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 So um, anyway, they, they they think that they're really winning, and then all of a sudden, an, a huge electro bolt destroys the tower, and could have only come from the Ceylon Tower. <laughs> yeah, there, there's 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 shock and awe here. Um, so <laughs> Superboy has them fly up. He says, "Let's get back to the second tower. Something's happened." And on the way, they, they the tower's defense units are firing at them. And uh, he says, these blasts can't hurt me, but the others aren't invulnerable. So he, uh, he suggests that they retreat. He says, we can't get by this way. And, um, and Lightlast actually gets hit by a bolt. Ah, the irony. Um, <laughs> as, as she tries to, uh, to save Cosmic Boy. Um, so Light Lightning Lad grabs up, picks up his sister and, says, and, they, and Cosmic Boy asks, is it bad? And he says, no, it just stunned her. We've got to get her to safety. So, you know, the, and these lightning bolts are all over the place. And it looks to me, actually, like Cosmic Boy kind of gets hit there, but I guess not. Um, <laughs> it's only a flesh wound. Yes, exactly. Um, so, he's, so Superboy says, hurry, go back. I'll shield you. And he says, I don't know how long I'll last. These bolts must have a kryptonite base. I'm getting groggy. As everything does. <laughs> Indeed. There's a lot of kryptonite <laughs> kicking around in the future. Back these then, muffins the must have... It was the only thing they knew to throw at Superman, Superboy, Supergirl yeah. to slow them down for five yeah. seconds. Exactly. So everyone had remember? kryptonite. Kryptonite, kryptonite, kryptonite. Yeah. They just said in the last story they had kryptonite weapons. Come yeah. on. No, that was the bad guys, though. These are supposedly the good guys, aren't they? Oh. Uh, yeah, these are the, the towers. The electro base is supposed to be shooting them? Hmm. Good point. Yeah. Just yeah. in case Superboy goes rogue. Ah, <laughs> yes. Batman has uh, made a plan for the 30th century. And, uh, you know he has. 
Indeed. That because little dunk of kryptonite he carries. All he needs is a bit of preparation. <laughs> um, <laughs> a thousand years ought to do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just enough. <laughs> well, let's think about it. He's he's where right now? Oh, the Stone Age. Okay, yes, yeah, Batman's yes. got it covered. No worries. So uh, anyway, so um, Lightning Lad gets his sister to shelter and returns, and uh, manages to cancel out the rays by using his lightning at full force. Well, way to get that idea now, dude. Um, like, what, what wasn't your first clue? The fact that hey, they're shooting lightning at us. I have lightning. That's awesome. Wham. No, no one said Garth was the smartest <laughs> legionnaire, okay? Yeah. That's why he dates Imra. Oh. Snap. All right. So uh, seconds later, Superboy is still dizzy. Um, and so Cosmic Boy says, carry him. We've already given whomever uh, shot at us time to escape. Um, now, who's leader at this point in time? Uh, I believe I it's, it's still Brainy. Brainy. It's still Brainy. Who is nowhere it's to be worked. seen. Yeah. He's off on a mission. Oh, there you go. Um, well, it, it, it's kind of retconned to be Invisible Kid, actually. But Yeah, Invisible Kid is shortly going to be the leader. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, so they look at the tower, and the tower's been destroyed. Uh, popping planets. <laughs> Fellow Legionnaires. Um, yeah, so they're, they're all, you know, everyone's kind of scattered all over the place, and uh, Feral Adam Phantom Girl are waking up, and... Uh, and and Feralad says we were knocked out by some sort of gas, very powerful, too sudden to fight. And uh, Cosmic Boy says, "Hmm, same as the first tower." Look, Superboy has revived the Commandant. And so the Commandant says, "Whoever did it knocked knocked out the guard of the gas vault and released the vapors, but my men are all accounted for, and no intruders could get past our electro ray gates. Then it must have been a Legionnaire." And he says, "Yes, I'm, I'm afraid so." And Cosmic Boy says, one of our own trusted members. And this was the last tower. Now the Earth is doomed, and it's our fault. Yes, because you always have traitors, and <laughs> haven't clued in that one of your members could do this. So he says, it's our fault. Our fault for entrusting a spy, a traitor with a vital, a vital post. But we'll avenge the honor of the Legion. Take account. Is anyone missing? We'll get the traitor. One member is gone. Karate Kid. Way to count, no count. Yeah, really. Because <laughs> really, there's two people missing. There's, there's two people means. missing from that panel, Cosmic Boy. <laughs> Jerk ass. Oh, man. <laughs> ass hat. So Lightning Lad says, then let's get him. But where is he? And so uh, so Superboy says, well, with the towers destroyed, there's no threats left to alien inv invaders, except, of course, the only weapons left on Earth powerful to stop powerful enough to stop the aliens are in the Legion's own arsenal. Oh no. He says, So how can we be sure that the kid went there? And he says, I'll check with my telescopic vision. And he says, I see him flying toward Metropolis. He's going down. He's landing at the clubhouse. And so there, let's go. We haven't a second to waste. So with the utmost speed, the Legionnaires fly to their meeting house. And again, again, with the door. No time for locks. No, no time for locks. Locked, but that won't stop us. Right? <laughs> it's under the mat, you know? <laughs> it's on poor, the door frame. Stop. Poor, poor, poor fortress lad. Um, <laughs> oh, he's getting his doors kicked in. Exactly. So he says, quick, this way. The arsenal vault is at the end of this hall. And they say, I hear him talking to himself. What are we waiting for? Open the door. And they open the door, and they're kind of just peeking in. And... Uh, um, Phantom Girl says he he's destroyed our weapons. Karate Kid has wrecked our entire arsenal, and uh, and and 
Karate Kid's looking at, at the rubble of the weapons, saying, now every device that could save Earth is ruined. And uh, Superboy says, all our defense is demolished. Choke! Because yeah, that's totally, totally missed opportunity for choke. Totally missed opportunity. The Earth is virtually helpless. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, so in part two, the Legion and the Warlords. So uh, they say to Karate Kid, all right, kid, the game's up. We've got you now. Yeah, see? Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> put your hands up where we can see them, see? He says, He says, if, if my friend Muggsy were in this oven, would I throw this lit match in there? You might, <laughs> Karate you Kid. Might, you, rabbit, might. you might. You might, Rabbit. You might. <laughs> so uh, he says, we've got you now. There's no use trying to run or hide. There's no way out. We'll be revenged for what you did to the Legion and to Earth. So it says here that Karate Kid's expression changes from surprise to mystification to anger as the heroes relentlessly advance. But I... He's a man of many emotions. And then suddenly from behind a large storage tank, Nemesis Kid walks on and says, All right, you got me. I surrender. What? What weak sauce. (laughs) It's it's like, wow, they seem to believe it's him. No, not him. It's me. I love the explanation. It's like, really? I give up. Uh, so they said Nemesis Kid, but, and again, the, the really, the name wasn't a clue. Yeah. Um, he says, I admit it. I wrecked the towers. I destroyed the Legion weapons. I'm the spy. But how did you know? How did you find out? They didn't. And they're like, we, we didn't. We thought it was Karate Kid. We were too. Oh, never mind then. <laughs> oh, right, right. Okay, wasn't me. I was just testing you to make sure that you would know for sure that it was Karate Kid. Um, <laughs> Aren't you lucky Saturn Girl's not in this story? <laughs> here's something interesting, though. We were too prejudiced to notice that you, too, were missing. Um, he says, then I, incrim- then, I, then I incriminated myself needlessly. When Superboy said, Kid, I thought he meant Nemesis Kid, not Karate Kid. Oh, curse our similar names. <laughs> No. <laughs> no matter, in seconds, the aliens, whom I've already signaled, will attack, and I've erased every threat to them on Earth. And you hear Except the... Except the Legion itself. Yes. Okay. You hear the radar siren. They're coming. Look at the monitor screen. Invaders, thousands of them. Your <laughs> space patrol won't stand a chance. And how 1960s B-movie are those spacecraft? Oh, yeah. yeah. Gotta oh, love yeah. that. That's so got a rainbow. Klaatu, Barada, Nick Two. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's got it's got the Robinson family on one of those suckers. They're finally making their way back home. Exactly. Uh, so it says, any moment that Nemesis Kid yells, any moment they'll open fire, leveling cities, forcing Earth to its knees. The Legion will die, as with all other defenders of Earth. He's striking a very Luthorian pose here, mm. and he says, "I will be richly rewarded, and you will perish." So uh, suddenly, a fourth electro tower rises from the ground. Happens to be right there. What? No, it can't be. Um, the it's destroyed the alien fleet. Earth is saved. What luck that that thing just happened to be there. Yeah. So he says, but how? There were only three towers. How? How? Superboy <laughs> says, after the first tower was destroyed, I suspected treachery. So I built a dummy tower in South America at super speed and hid the real tower underground, and yet couldn't open the door. Okay, so <laughs> what I said about Superboy not being a deus ex machina anymore. You take it sorry back Sorry about that. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> no takesies, backsies. <laughs> oh, oh. So they say, lock him up in our detention cell. That'll hold him till the authorities can take him. And he says, I'll get you for this. You and your meddling dog. Yes. I would have got away from it, too, if I hadn't had such a similar name to Karate Kid. <laughs> but Superboy, some of the invaders survived the blast. So they said there's too few left for a major attack. They'll probably flee the galaxy. But no, they're they're in there and they're oh they're ticked off. He says our they're fleet. They're warlords, oh, man. Yeah, they don't yeah. back and down. One inter- Sorry. I was going to say one interesting thing between the last issue and this one. They're not drawn so stereotypically Chinese anymore. Yeah, you know Chinese? that's interesting. Oh, in that first one, totally. Yeah. Yeah, he, he looked like uh, it looked like something from one of the with the Batman movies, the forties movie serial, uh, yeah. Doctor Daka. <laughs> oh yeah, I or, guess or, kind of yeah. yeah, like very uh, the, or the, the Superman Fleischer cartoons, yeah, right. Until the Hun kind of exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it is interesting that that that, that changed, and um, the other thing that uh, that kind of adds to that is when when Phantom Girl mentioned about us, you know, being too prejudiced. That was mainly because they had. Um, they thought it was Karate Kid, and uh, because you know, as the story stands, it's the idea that they they thought it was him because they'd already kind of come to that conclusion. But right. at the same time, there there'd been you know when when you think of the idea of he wanted of Shooter wanting to have uh, Feral Lad be black, um, and though though it doesn't look like it in here, you know, you wonder about. Um, uh, Karate Kid being being Asian, certainly or half Asian or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, and certainly when um, half you know, breed. Oh. When when mm-hmm. Grell was drawing him, um, when when Grell was you know Grell sort of highlighted more of the Asian features, that kind of thing. Yeah, and and then that kind of went away. Um, and then it came back. Yeah, and I just wonder if maybe that was that was part of his I- initial intent, and maybe that's part of what he was thinking as well. But I mean, I'm, I'm and I'm I'm sure he would have talked about it if that was the case. But it's it's just kind of interesting considering what he what his ideas were for Pharaoh Lad. At any rate, um, the now somewhat more Caucasian Cuns um, say uh, they're gonna they we can't launch even a minor assault, but we still have enough power to destroy that meddling legion. There it is. Yeah, <laughs> we would have got away for it too if not for you meddling legionnaires. And he says, and "We'll need, we'll avenge our defeat. Attack!" And uh, you know, so they're they're in the clubhouse saying, "Well, I guess that wraps up the attack, this case." And and then they notice on the radar screen that the aliens are coming this way in attack formation. So they say, "Quick, everyone! We have no weapons, but we can fight with our powers from these jet platforms." See, I don't Why see don't any. Why don't they have any weapons? Yeah, they didn't explain it at all. You lied to me. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> uh, well, they 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 said they had no weapons, but because Nemesis Kid destroyed them. They but, just went to the jet platform store and got some jet platforms. Yeah. But, but but no one but destroyed why? their flight rings. Awesome. Light rings. Because they're <laughs> awesome. Lightlass hat even says she has her flight ring. <laughs> Why do they need the flying bathtubs? Oh, I don't man. understand. Um, story was written by a 13-year-old boy. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> so we um, just thought it would be really cool to have flying hot tubs? Pretty <laughs> much. Wouldn't, yeah, wouldn't you? Well, yeah, I do point. kind of think it's cool. That's I'm true. 40 almost, and I want a flying hot tub. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you know, screw the flying car. Flying hot tub would be awesome. 
if they were mm-hmm. actually flying hot tubs, like they were just chilling out in like bathing suits and then these flying <laughs> hot tubs and shooting the bad guys down, that would have been okay, kick see, ass. That's the difference between your people and my people. Hot tub equals no bathing suit. I'm sorry. Oh, well, you're this gonna is relax. 60s, you go man. all the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the 60s. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were all dressed at Woodstock. Whatever. <laughs> hey, there's no hippies in the Legion, man. Settle down. <laughs> Not yet. Yeah, daddy-o. Yeah. Daddy. All right. These guys so, are all. So there they are on their, um, on their jet platforms, which say Legion jet platform. It's like, it's like they're like ski jets. How is there room for all of these in the superhero clubhouse? All right. So, uh, so Cosmic Boy crashes one of them with his with his magnetic shield, and um, and they they're zapping. They're trying lightning lad to zap lightning lad with electro bolts, and he says, "Ha! The electro bolts only give me more strength." Um, again, where was that before? Um, <laughs> Light, poor light last. They say my platform it disintegrated. Luckily, I have my flight ring. See, like, mm. why the jet See? platforms? See, I'm flying without this stupid jet platform. So, what was the point in having? Uh, yeah. So then, the uh, old boy wrote the story. Yeah. Then uh, he's like, jet platforms would be cool. Uh, <laughs> shrinking Violet says, when I get close enough, I'll shrink again, and uh, she gets zapped, and her uh, her jet platform gets disintegrated. So she's falling, and. Um, Chameleon Boy catches her with his non-pimp hand because he's totally got the pimp hand in action. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says, I'll transform my arm into a monstrous claw, which means pimp hand, and uh, to shock them into crashing. I hate to repeat myself, but the claw bit worked before. Why are they so afraid of a giant claw? I don't understand. No, he's using the claw to grab their ships and wreck them. So. Yeah. The claw. Um, the claw decides who stays. And who oh, I see. <laughs> They're afraid he's going to tickle them so with his pointy fingers. Exactly. Mm. Okay, fair enough. Mm. See, only a dad would get that uh. one. <laughs> yeah. All right, so he says... Uh, um, <laughs> Anyway, so so now now they they say they, 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 anyone would lose control when attacked by my giant bird illusions and uh, yeah, and, fire breathing owl, come on, seriously, that's a badass bird with, that's with some bat wings. Dandy crap, and that 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 goes more to her home planet. If she can think of this crap up, come on. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, she's got the monster manual full bore. <laughs> so. Um, but but and and yet you'd think well the claw is pretty scary. Apparently, so is a teenage girl walking through the wall. Um, Kitty Pride also <laughs> would be able to kick their asses. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yes, I, I, an apparition coming through the wall. An apparition. Interesting. No, no. Oh, she's not phasing through the wall. <laughs> it's a call for <laughs> five yards. Oh, that's funny. Um, listen to you busting out the, the volleyball metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, unnecessary thing <laughs> so the crew another crew is stunned as and she does that whole uh, making them super light and shooting them out into space again but she doesn't she's not as concerned as uh, as chameleon boy is with repeating herself she just does that you know she's like that's okay um, far away at the first alien ship we find Pharaoh lad and he says oh here it comes it's up to me to get this one I've used my superpower to turn my body to iron and they fire at him and sure enough, the uh, jet platform is destroyed. He says, it's a good thing Superboy gave me a flight ring. 
This is where I prove my worth to the Legion, if I can only roll into a ball. And so he does like a total cannonball into the... Uh, fastball in, in, special. Yes, yeah. see? What, the one-man fastball special. Exactly, exactly. So uh, he, I was going to make a pitcher joke, but no. Um, <laughs> that was the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. He says, huh, I'll, what hap- I wonder what happens if this doesn't work. Huh, I'll never get anywhere being a pessimist. Oh, yeah, well. <laughs> oh, Andy. Um, so, wham, he lands into the ship, and uh, he says, I survived, but their ship didn't. The only craft left is the flagship. Karate Kid was nearest that. And so there's Karate Kid, and uh, he's in his jet platform, and you can see he's wearing his fight ring. And uh, he says, inside that, he sees the command craft and says, inside that ship is the, the skunk who made the Legion distrust and despise me. But I could never reach it on this clumsy platform. And my flight ring is damaged. Oh, no. <laughs> There's only one thing to do. Leap. And he and he jumps onto the ship and he says, if I miss, I promise never to do this again. <laughs> Thus starting the Karate Kid Death Wish camp. In yeah. he's, there. he's classy. Come on. That's awesome. So he he manages to he, he's falling wide, but he grabs onto the rangefinder on the side of the ship and uh, and climbs on on top. And he says, now for the reckoning. And one of the guys in the ship is like, I thought I saw something nearby, but I guess I was seeing things. And Karate Kid judo chops himself through the uh, the, the the roof and gets in there. And um, and so the guy's calling for guards, and he says, it's no use, madman. I destroyed your intercom wire while on the roof. And so the guy holds a gun on him and says, what do you want? Stay away. Keep back or I'll fire. And, um, but he doesn't, he says, you won't get a chance. With the speed of lightning... Karate Kid springs, and you see the gun go off. Oh, no. Because everybody was kung fu fighting. (laughs) (laughs) So he says, uh, much later, back at the Legion Clubhouse, it's been hours since Karate Kid left. Do you suppose something's happened to him? Now she cares. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. hours, so... uh... Superboy says, why don't we start a search? Now now he's not so bothered about using his telescopic vision to do so. But a ship streaks down. It's the alien command ship. It's coming in for an attack. Get back, everybody. I'll handle it. But it lands, and Karate Kid gets out. And so they ask him what happened, and he says, Oh, nothing. I just ran into these fine fellows and brought them home with me. It took me a while to figure out how to fly their ship. Mm. So the prisoners have been jailed, and uh, she says to him, Kid, what were you doing at the arsenal? And he says, I suspect a nemesis, kid as I thought when I saw him at the Alaska Tower, but I wasn't sure, and I didn't want to accuse him without proof. Unlike and, some people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Twist that knife. Then at the Silent Tower, I saw him open the gas valves and wreck the place. And even though I, made, I held my breath, the gas made me too weak to attack him, so I trailed him to the arsenal where he was just about to ambush me when we came in, and he thought we too had discovered him and surrendered. And speaking of him, and you see him being... Uh, the, the, Sort of let out by, uh, by Cos- you know, doing the perp walk with Cosmic Boy and Lightning Lad. <laughs> and they say, what are we going to do with him? And he says, you're not doing anything with me, my friends. He's breaking loose. And he says, I can develop the superpowers needed to defeat anyone. I have never tried it on more than one foe, but I'm ready to make a stab at it now. And, uh, and so, you know, power sort of, you know, all this energy sort of floats up around him. And he says, they say, what's happening to him? And he vanishes. And they say, he vanished. How in the cosmos... 
My guess is that his power wasn't great enough to fight us all, so instead he developed a means of escape, the power to teleport himself away from Earth. Power so, to move you. Yeah. And <laughs> says, Superboy says, strange. He could have been one of the most powerful Legionnaires of all. Working with us, he could have done so much for the universe, but instead he chose the path of treachery and disgrace. I wonder if we'll ever see him again. Oh, no, never again. I doubt it. You don't need to wonder. <laughs> yes, yes, and it's interesting. But uh, you know, as 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 uh, Levitz had said that he that to him, Karate Kid's fate was sealed from from this story. And, oh, totally. And so yeah. we've talked a bit about about the influence that Shooter had on Levitz, and uh, and you know, and and that definitely played out in one of his <laughs> big, you know, in the big story arc at the beginning of. Uh, of of the Baxter run and and you know a lot of people have cited that as as one as one of their favorite Legion stories and with good reason I mean a lot of great stuff happens in it it's, um you know it's it's you know everything and the kitchen sink and Karate Kid getting fried yeah. um, and and but but you know when when in in reading this it's it's interesting reading it now in retrospect because I mean the first time I read it was uh, was before um, I had read an eye for an eye and. Um, and I don't know that I necessarily got that. Oh, yes, these two will be mortal enemies forever. So, but but you know, you kind of see that it was that whole idea of uh, of you know, Karate Kid was the one that that uh, that suspected him, but he's not really the one that exposed him because let's face it, the Legionnaire was standing there saying yeah. uh, saying, "Hey, you did this," and and if Nemesis Kid hadn't come out and said, "Oh, you got me, I surrender," <laughs> uh, it would have been nasty, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so so no, it's I think it's an interesting uh, an interesting aspect to um, you know the, this is one of those examples of someone taking a little element of continuity and and really running with it. And, yeah, uh, that's always a lot of fun. Oh, Indeed. Good news, Matt. Next issue, more baseball references. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, man. Yes, and a mystery reference too. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 So it's uh, we're we're rapidly getting thirsty before next week. We are rapidly getting to the end of Showcase Volume Two. Yeah, mm-hmm. two more stories. Yeah, they announced Showcase Volume Four. four. It's mm-hmm. probably going to be. Uh, they seem to be coming out in April. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah, because the uh, last few of them have been coming out. Yeah, uh, you're right. It's been it's been almost annual. Yeah, it's um. <laughs> So we won't see those solicits for for a little while, but uh, that and that will basically take us through to to the action run. If oh yeah, it probably even into the Superboy run a while. Interesting, yeah, because you know the, at some point we're going to get to where they uh, where they started having to deal with a lot more royalties, and I'm wondering how that's going to affect uh, which stories make it in and that kind of thing. So yeah. hopefully, uh, I'd, I'd assume that we will get at least as far as the archives have gone. Now, how far have the archives gone, Darren? Um, tw- they're on they're twelve volumes, and I don't think they're going to make any more of them because I think you can get the issues cheaper than you can right the archives. Yeah. Yeah. So it, I think it goes through a good portion of the Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes run. Okay. I know it's got um, the Tyrock stuff in it. So that that takes us up up, to, up into the what the two twenties or? Oh, it's past that. Uh, oh, okay. It's deep in the the run. So you look it up quick on Comic Book DB. Yeah, because Earth War was running in the in the two forties. I don't I don't know if it got Earth War or not. 
223 is the last issue collected okay. Oh, okay. in the archives. Or Karate Kid number one. Oh. See that? That's that's what we you know, th- th- and that's interesting because you know there was the of course the Karate Kid mini where he went back to the twentieth century and that was his way of proving himself to Jackie's dad, um, and then uh, and then of course later we would have Cosmic Boy make a similar journey, and then Timberwolf. So yes, yes, <laughs> and, then and of course <laughs> and, and Inferno. <laughs> Ah, yeah. Ah. <laughs> Legionnaires in the 20th century for 500, Alex. <laughs> so. Oh, man. I, I wish they would continue with the archives. I, I like my, my Legion archives all on one shelf. Mm-hmm. But we haven't and had actually, one in a while. Yeah. So it, it seems like they're done with Legion th- archives. At this I point. think they've largely abandoned that format. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and certainly from what I've heard um, of... of of late, the uh, they've been scanning the they've been like scanning yeah. the artwork instead of the because traditionally what they've done is they've uh, they've recolored them, and um, you know because I, I've got like the the doctor the Doctor Fate archive, which mm. awesome by the way, um, mm. but it, it's um, you know there's no way that they were coloring like that in the uh, in 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 the early forties, and. Oh, yeah. um, but uh, you know, so they were recoloring a lot of that stuff. Now apparently they're 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 doing the scanning, and the scanning sometimes it comes out okay. Other times it looks like um, I'm trying to think of an example. There was like a, a Nancy thing that they did for the Free Comic Book Day that was clearly scanned artwork and just didn't yeah. quite have that that look to it. And there was a um, Chip Kid did a book on Jack Cole um, several years ago, and uh, and it was all <laughs> scanned artwork from those stories, and it looked rough. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've got. The Golden Age Starman Volume Two is scanned, and it looks good for the most part. There's some that it's pretty rough. Yeah. How many issues do they cover in um, in in like the the Volume One of of Starman? Uh, it goes up from Adventure sixty one to probably I think. 70 75 76 oh, okay yeah and then the and then the second volume finishes out the run yeah see like the the doctor fate one is crazy thick because it's basically they wanted to just have all of the stuff in and well it's fate come on there you go there you go it's doctor fate that's got to be a big <laughs> book with like leather binding it's the and book of fate yes the souls of of the ancient <laughs> dead cry when you open it so <laughs> Should be like a sound chip in that book that does that. <laughs> that would be awesome. No yeah. wonder they so, ab- no wonder they've abandoned the archives. Although that Starman one came that was this volume two was recent, right? Yeah, just a. So I guess that's ago. the that's the first one with the scans. So so it looks like there's I think that what they're doing is they're trying to get some of the uh, the Golden Age stuff finished. Right. But um, but it seems that. Um, you know they've they've they certainly had some success with the uh, with all the all of the Kirby Omnibuy and um, so, and and certainly with the Starman Omnibus. You know they, it seems that that's the that's the route they they're that they're taking with a lot of that stuff. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if that you know if that ends up being the 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 change in format. So they kind of move away from the the thick glossy paper. Um, I don't know. 
I don't know. It'd be very interesting to uh, very interesting to see sort of where that's going to end up, and uh, and you know the the showcase. Let's face it, showcase is fairly entrenched, and uh, yeah, and know. and showcase is a great economical option in this. Oh, absolutely, market, that's for sure. And and there's some things that you know I've been look, like, did I was you, looking. Did you did you see the solicitor for DC Comics presents in showcase finally? Yeah, finally. Of course, I can't I can't wait. wait. Of course, it is. I completed the run. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm only about halfway there, so. Oh man, yeah, no, that stuff is kind of hard to find. No, mm-hmm. totally. Some, some of them are. Some of them, like the, the obviously the Green Lantern with the Teen Titans in it, is hard to find. But what's weird is the Masters of the Universe issue is hard to find yeah. too. Yeah. Duh. What Agent you mean the team up with Superman and the Masters yep. of the Universe? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It took me forever to find that up. Superman and Prince Gavin Starman versus Mongol. Oh God, I love mm. that story. That was and and that was that was some great Starlin art too. Oh yeah, some of his um, best from that era. Yeah, yeah, and that that see that was an interesting one, right? Because that was a that was a story that that Levitz has started with Ditko over an adventure, yep. and um, and then adventure went digest, and it was like, well, this story needs to finish at some point. And it was. It, I, I found it very interesting. Wrap it up, kids. But I find it yeah. very interesting that it was kind of like like Levitz didn't finish it, right? Because Star Starlin wrote that issue as well. Yep, I believe so. Yeah, it, it just seems. When you saw Crisis Number Ten, Matt. <laughs> eh. <laughs> eh. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> anyway, so Crisis later. You know, we we need to start thinking. It's it's now. September ish. Yeah, uh, we need to start thinking about what our wish list is for next year for DC because apparently they listen to us about DC Comics presents. Yay! Mm. <laughs> yes, because that that way we can fig- figure it's all out because which... of us, you know. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that way we can figure out um, which runs I need to complete so that they will be finally collected. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> see, see the sacrifices I make for everyone. I know. We appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And actually, there's some Legion goodness in that DC Comics Presents uh, because issue number 13 was uh, was a Legion team up and um, and actually set up a whole lot of interesting stuff. Oh, yeah. That that, that played out over a couple of years. that That wasn't the one that took place in the Baxter run, was it? No. 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 Yeah. This was um, this would have been. um, That was the Batman one, right? No, that was a Brave and Bold. No, there was there was a Brave and the Bold towards the end of Brave and Bold, but there was a Superman Legion team up in the firmly in the disco era. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this this would have been this would have been, um, I guess, around somewhere around uh, 1982. Um, it would it would have come out before, um, like while it was still Superboy in the Legion of Superheroes, because that's the logo that they used. Okay. And um, and and I think this would this would have been like the 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 first actual story that I that that was you know where I went out and bought a comic off the stands that had the Legion in it. September seventy nine. Oh, was it that early? Wow. Hmm. Wow. This would according to Comic Book DB, this came out concurrently with Superboy and the Legion two fifty five. And so that's that's two before the end. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, cuz I picked up 256 which was the um the uh flashback to to Brainiac 5's life and uh 255 is the legionnaires on Krypton. 
Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. And they're, and they're on the time bubble and they're saying, they're, oh, yeah. Oh, man, that's so cool. Paul just geeked stuff. out. Okay. I totally, totally <laughs> did. Like, watch out. Um, yeah, that was a very cool issue. Um, oh, yeah. oh, God, I love that stuff. Because the other one happens after an eye for an eye. So that's not until like 85. Yeah. Or yeah. yeah. There, there was, there were, th- I think there were a total of three in, in the DC Comics Presents run. And I know there was one near the in the eighties, right around Crisis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, they were tying up a lot of loose ends then. Yeah. And, um, <sighs> so yes, we're gonna have to talk about a man. The whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow too? When we get oh, down sweet. that road, there is a Legion tie-in there. Very yeah. big Legion tie-in. Yeah, and it's just Huge. a fantastic story anyway. It put it puts a bow right on the Silver Age. Yeah, it really does. It really does. Anyway, I think uh, I think that's all we got for uh, for today. Speaking of putting a bow on it, I think it. we've done oh, Scott into yeah. silence. <laughs> that takes a lot of work. Well, <laughs> uh, you know. So comments, as always, are welcome at Legion of Superhero. Uh, Legion of Superhero. See, <laughs> damn. After fifty, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Edit. <laughs> When nah, you get to join I, the real team. Wow. Edit, edit, editing, you know, I, what I'm loving is that I don't have to do any edits on this one. Um, mm. <laughs> because Computo did not strike even once. Oh, Who that's taking a chance right before the Seriously. All right. So comments, as always, are welcome at <laughs> Legion of Substitute Podcasters at gmail.com or info at Legion of Substitute Podcasters.com. And you can also come over to the forum, forum.legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com, and uh, join in the conversation over there. Let us know what you think. Let us know uh, what you'd like to see. Let us know your favorite Legion stories. Let us just just come talk to Let us. Let us we love that. entertain you. And uh, you can also, uh, if, if you're a, a bit shyer, you can come over to, uh, to the, our website at legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com and you can, um, you can join in some conversations there on, uh, on the various episode threads and uh, make a comment directly to the, uh, to the episode. And we've got a lot of great feedback there as well. Um, so we encourage you to use any of those forums because uh, we just love the feedback. It's, it's really awesome to, uh, to know there's people out there listening to us. And with exactly. episode 15, we, we should say we would not have kept doing this without y'all. So exactly. Yeah, without a doubt. Absolutely. So, uh, so um, hey, and only only two more till we hit a, we hit a full year. I know. Yeah. That's when we'll be pouring the silver ale all around. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Um, and so with that, we're going to hop into the time bubble, head back to the 21st century, and we will catch you all next week. Ciao. Woohoo.